Turkey hunting is one of my favorite things. And one of the key tools I use for turkey hunting is the Onyx Hunt Map. I use it incessantly when I'm hunting turkeys. Being able to find a new piece of public or gaining permission on private opens up opportunities for gobblers. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you this spring. Use the code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt. You'll find more birds this season. I'm telling you, I rely on Onyx Hunt when I'm hunting turkeys. It is an invaluable turkey hunting tool. Hey, I'm excited to share our newest sponsor here on the Meat Eater Podcast, which is Poncho Outdoors. The reason I'm excited is I buy their shirts anyways. Dude, they make some good shirts. And they even have an option where if you're like a skinny dude, you can click like the skinny dude thing. It's great. Based in Austin, Texas, Poncho is committed to crafting the world's best outdoor shirts for men. Poncho is only sold on their own website. So head over to ponchooutdoors.com, use code MEATEATER, for a free hat or t-shirt with any purchase of a shirt. Poncho offers free shipping and returns, so you can try them out risk-free. If you're 21 or older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online. They ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. This is the Meat Eater Podcast coming at you shirtless, severely bug-bitten, and in my case, underwearless. We hunt the Meat Eater Podcast. You can't predict anything. Presented by OnX Hunt, creators of the most comprehensive digital mapping system for hunters. Download the Hunt app from the iTunes or Google Play Store. Know where you stand with OnX. Okay, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We're joined by... Dan Adute. Yes. You, uh, a, I'm just going to jump right to the punchline. Get, get in there. And then we got to cover some more stuff. Okay. A man, a Jewish man <laughs> who's, who has a Muslim hunting partner. Uh, that is, uh, that is correct. I feel like we could just that end is, the show. That is going to be on my <laughs> tombstone. Right there. That we will be just, on my tombstone right we could there. Just end the show, but we'll, we'll return to that. You, Cause you're, you're super familiar. You're a comedian. You do stand up. you do television, you do podcasts. So you're like a I really, do. you're like very good at entertainment. Uh, I, 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 I guess so. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I do. But I will say this. I, you know, I, I, I work in New York and L.A., a lot of famous people all over the place. I've never been as starstruck as I am in Bozeman, Montana with you two guys. I, That's what I like to hear. It's wild, man. See, I'm telling you. that just shows you. how good of an entertainer you are because you know how to play the No, dude, I'm telling you. I've been following you since I know. Don't you feel great right day, now? Oh, dude, I'm like beaming, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, like he a means peacock it. over here. You um, and Giannis are like, you guys are like the J-Lo and Shakira <laughs> of the hunting world. Dude, I've been exercising so much, I'm going to wind up looking like, about ready to look like J-Lo, man. Uh, um, so, I'm telling you, I, I, I've been, since since your show was on, uh, what was it, Sportsman's Network? Sportsman and, Channel. Yeah, Sportsman Channel. Yeah. I've, been, I've been watching, man. Huge fan. Oh, that's great. Huge fan. Um, very excited to be here. What I want you to do is we're going to talk about a couple of things, and, and just so you can help us, because uh, being such a, a, 
experienced entertainer, you could just weigh in and tell us if what we're talking about is entertaining or not. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, first thing, Giannis is like, you're back, but I can't really, you're not like the co-host anymore, to be honest. <laughs> All <of laughs> to that, be honest that, with you. That didn't take long. Because, well, how many did you miss? Uh, you'd have to ask Corinne. He's out like or on assignment. He's out on assignment. I think like the past, maybe three. So he's like a guest now. You were <laughs> <Yep. laughs> also you were all also in Nashville for one. Yeah, he's kind of like a guest. Me. You're like a regular, like a guest, like you know, a guy that joins us now and then. That's right. Um, <laughs> I had a note to talk about. I want to talk about Giannis's big insult that he gave me. Giannis saw me make a note about him insulting me. We were at a wedding. Um for a colleague of ours and it got to be like the part of a wedding where everybody already ate and there's like dancing getting started. Mm-hmm. And I informed my wife that I was ready to go home. It was about eight <laughs> 40. Uh, she, she thought I was kidding. She thought it was a joke, but I let her know that it was in fact not joking and I was ready to go home. And Yanni was going out to the dance floor with his woman and, um, he made a comment like, aren't you planning on dancing or you're not going to dance? And I said, Giannis, um, every man's got his limits. And Giannis left me with by saying, um, I'm going to go push past mine. <laughs> That's and, nice. And went to the dance floor. <laughs> that cuts, Dude, man. humiliating. But I'll point out, <laughs> at, at 9 p.m., I was laying in my bed with my lady watching a movie. By 9 p.m. Yeah, and she told me. She told me it wasn't just a movie. It was some. It was a documentary about. No, no, it was. It was. Have you watched uh, Dan? Have you watched um, the Lighthouse? No, I haven't. That's yeah, a black. It's two I people. There's two people in yeah, it. Yeah, Willem Dafoe, the kid from the guy from uh, the vampire movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert Pattinson. Yeah. yeah, who I like a lot now. He had a hard time maintaining his accent through through the film. Um. Great movie. Wait, why did you leave your buddy's wedding to go watch The Lighthouse? Shouldn't you be celebrating this moment of joy? No, because I don't like... I just have I just have a very hard time socializing. Really? Small talk and socializing. Really? It's very, very Why? Is it because people come up me. to you and they say annoying things? Like, no. And they want to tell you their hunting stories, and you're like, God, I just want to hang out and have a I drink. I just want to dance with Yanni. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little bit of that, Dan. In the short time that Steve was there, I I saw a couple guys tell about their their hunting stories. Uh, Oh, oh, what I want to mention about The Lighthouse, it's a great movie, but my new favorite word is in it. Um, Merfolk. Meaning mermen and mermaids. Oh, yeah. Lumped together as merfolk. And on a related note, we were recently talking about viviparous and oviviparous reproduction Mm -hmm. strategies and how Mm -hmm. sharks are, you know, where like the egg develops, you know, a shark will sort of carry its, its egg sac will get bigger, 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 and it carries it externally. Yeah. You ever see this? I don't think I've seen it carried externally. Yeah. So it's like, it's like they'll get to a point where they, there's like an egg hanging out some kinds of sharks and it's a developing. out of the ovum? Is that, is that. Of something that's great if you know. <laughs> do you speak multiple languages? <laughs> I do. R- which ones? Uh, I speak French, Spanish, and Farsi. Really? Yeah. And English. Yeah, and English. My English is okay. You know so many, you didn't even <laughs> list them all. Um, uh, Sam Lundgren, our very own Sam Lundgren, is telling me that there's a term for like when that egg sac. Are you looking it up, Yanni? Yeah. When that egg sac, um, 
you know, the, the, the fish emerges and the egg sac is discarded. And when it washes up on a beach, people will find it and it's known as a mermaid's purse. Oh, yeah, because we were talking about whether a mermaid would be vivip, like just curious if, how much people have thought through. You know, what I mean, like mermaid it, like, like, like if someone has like enough of a, if there's someone who has sort of enough of a sense. Like you know, people that are into aliens, right? Sometimes yeah. they have like their whole like life history, right? If someone got so into mermaids that they got into. They're like, oh, and they reproduce by... <laughs> right, right, right. There's got to be a fantasy writer who's like the leading voice on mermaid yeah, reproduction like what somewhere. they do. Because <laughs> sure. I look at them and I don't see any anything... I don't see an orifice. Yeah, not- I would think that they're asexual... But they use their sexuality to get stuff. <laughs> the, the siren. The siren yeah. They got to come from somewhere. They have, they have, I like that, man. That's good. That's good. The um, Moving on real quick. Then we're, we're gonna, don't, don't worry, Dan. You didn't waste your trip. We're going to get to you. No, uh, no, no. Take your time. I love this. I love uh, this, man. Quick question. The guy uh, was writing in. He wanted to get our thoughts on using a baby's umbilical cord as fishing bait. Oh, God. Um. He says he's kept, he's kept, what I don't know the? why he's kept it. He's kept it in his dresser. <laughs> he's kept it in his dresser. I don't know, man. You'd have to rehydrate it, uh, <laughs> but it'd be a real conversation piece. And it led to, um, or I, I saw that and I was reminded of another email we got from a guy who was saying that he catches fish. He takes, you know, foam earplugs? Yeah. Yeah. He takes lead lead jig heads and puts foam earplugs on there and says it slays. Hmm. Orange puts an orange foam earplug onto a lead head jig. Does he put some scent on those? That they'd hold scent good. He had a note about scent on it. Interesting. Man, I wonder if they're neutrally buoyant because it's got a lead head and a foam body. He even sent pictures of fish he's caught that way. He just threads it right on there like a soft plastic. So, yeah, he uses the foam earplug. And I don't know if he's... I, say, I feel like sometimes people are yanking our chain. He says he pisses on it and it makes it work better. Um, He's at home cracking up that you actually said <laughs> yeah. that. He was like, it worked, guys! I know, I feel like I got... I don't know. I'm going to have to try it. Uh, final thing on a, a past show is we were talking... Yanni was probably gone. He probably wasn't even there. Were you there for the Justin Schmidt? I was gone. I was sad to miss that God, one. It's like I don't even have like a I don't have like a person I can like reminisce with about. Well, Phil, he's here for everyone. You don't want to reminisce with Beast? Well, I don't know that he really pays attention. You know, Giannis. Phil. Okay, let me ask you this, Phil. Yeah, what's up? According to Doctor, not going to go well. Okay, yeah, go ahead. According to Doctor Justin Schmidt, uh huh, who we had on, founder of the Schmidt Pain Index. Uh, does he know about? Or what are his have been his findings about rehabilitating a tarantula that has been comatosed by a tarantula hawk? I do not remember, Steve. <laughs> Figured. Oh wait, it was there was someone he knew who was like trying to f- drop feed the tarantula exactly. water and yeah. and keep it hydrated. Right? Like the, yeah, so they oh, you were talking about getting it in between the little pincers or Yeah, so that. a tarantula hawk is a predator, a tarantula predator, and the tarantula hawk paraly- injects a tarantula, paralyzes the tarantula, and then it uses like a there's like a term, I can't remember what it is, like a parasit it's like a parasitic nester. Mm. And then it lays its egg on the tarantula. The tarantula stays alive. He's alive but doesn't move. 
and the parasite, the egg hatches, and the larva is strategic about how it consumes the tarantula. What was the name of this episode? Uh, why It Hurts So Bad? Yeah. Dr. Schmidt on Why It Hurts So Bad. So it feeds on it like it eats its non-essential organs first. It's just like it's so dastardly. Like, like eats its non-essential organs and then it like eats and eats and eventually it's like, okay, I about used you up and then it'll like eat the thing that kills it. Yep. And they've gone in um, to see like like how long, how lingering is the paralysis. And so they've gone and, you know, it's just this is stuff you can't do to people. You can't even do this to <laughs> rabbits anymore. But they would go and like keep it the the tarantula hydrated to to see how just watch what happened yeah. it's so yeah it's pretty fucked up yeah so they they keep it they they hydrate or like keep nursing it along <laughs> you know it's just it's horrible well, it gets the easy. things you can get away with when it's a tarantula <laughs> but this guy wrote in and said that um he's got a a weird crazy ant in Arizona and she has rescued. Oh, <laughs> she, is, she has <laughs> rescued tarantulas from tarantula hawks, and she makes a little concoction of um, what she calls bug soup. She gets crickets and window flies, and she mashes them up Aww. with a little water into a little mixture. And puts it in the eyedropper and drips it into the mouth of the tarantula. Oh. And he says it does, quote, it does seem to work. Um, the tarantula first won't drink, usually due to confusion or paralysis. <laughs> then by a day or two or three, it will start accepting. It takes her about three weeks to get a tarantula up and running. <laughs> I think we need to tell Dr. Schmidt who this person is and connect with him. I love them. it. Uh, yeah, because the you know she's usually <laughs> able to get the tarantula back up and on his way. It's adorable. The, the world's full of bad news, and then you get a little gem, a, a glimmer of hope for humanity. Uh, there's something missing here, though. Because she's the tarantula whisper. How does she rid the tarantula of the uh, the larvae that's going to eat it or is eating it? He doesn't get into that. But I'm guessing she plucks it off. Why am well, I so here if this surgery? woman oh. exists? He you says guys now when she have it, the wrong guest here. She now, you mean like because we could have this person? Yeah, uh, what? Just timing. Um, <laughs> you were already in the air. Yeah, and we're like, oh man, this guy's, this guy's coming. It's like the wrong person. He's already connecting in Salt Lake City. <laughs> she said he goes on to say that when she takes so it's before the egg land because the tarantula hawk gets upset when she takes the tarantula away. But, you know, then she starts the rehabilitation program. <laughs> it's great. Tell us about your podcast, man. <laughs> like, run, can you run through all the things you do? Uh, sure. Yeah. I'm uh, first and foremost, I, I'm a comedian, I guess. I'm an actor. I'm going to be on a new uh, Kevin James's new Netflix show. As an actor. As an actor. Do, what, is it like once a comedian, always a comedian? Like, is that like the thing that if you start out as a comedian... And you regard yourself as a comedian, yeah. And then you start acting and and other stuff. Do you do you guys you guys like to stick with comedians? Like that has more cachet. You feel? I think it's more. It's like a fraternity. It's kind of like a fraternity that we're all in because everyone who's a comedian starts out 
in comedy somehow, mm-hmm. and then everyone branches off somehow. Yeah. Like the guy who wrote 12 Years a Slave was a stand-up comic. And like, right? he's still a comedian in my eyes. He still tells people he's a comedian. Yeah, I mean, so it's like, uh, I think that there's, it's a very cool umbrella to be able to do a lot of different things. Uh, like I started with stand-up, now I do acting, I sell TV shows, I write. I just started this podcast, uh, which is quickly becoming, <laughs> you know, uh, the I think the most listened to or watched thing that I've ever done, which is cool. Um, Green Eggs and Dan. Green Eggs and Dan. Uh, it's simply going into celebrities' uh, fridges uh, and getting in a, a, just an in-depth conversation about their relationship to food and to eating and uh, and restaurants and whatnot. But I think there's this voyeuristic aspect of, I'm sure a lot of people want to know what your fridge looks like, Steve. And guess what? They're going to find out on your you episode. Know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think... Um, you know, I, I, I do that, but stand-up still remains, like, something that is, like, you know, I'll still do it on the weekends, and it's just very, very... It's when you feel uh, 100% yourself, you know? It's... How many acts do you cycle through in a year? <sighs> is it, like, is it like a one a year? Is it, like, an annual kind of thing? I don't know. I mean, I, some some guys do that. They'll They'll do a new hour every year. I think I'm branching off more into the writing and TV developing, so for me, it's more just, like, getting out there for fun. Um... But, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, do you just do walk-ons? Like, what do you do? I, I, you know, all the clubs in L.A. or in New York, wherever I am, I can usually walk into and they'll be, they'll give me a spot. You just show up. Yeah. I mean, but I used to tour a ton. And actually, I was in Bozeman, Montana about 15 years ago. No shit. At the university. How old are you? I'm 41. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and it was a way different place. It's very, like, uh, you know, we just went to, like, a very hip cool bakery and had like artisanal sandwiches in Bozeman, Montana. I did not think that was going to happen. <laughs> Let me here. guess which one you went to. Mm-hmm. It starts with F? It starts with oh, W. You right know. next to it. Oh. <laughs> Ball crumb. I see. Yeah, it was delicious. Different than 15 years ago. Different than 15 years ago. You know, I was only, what year, I, I, I was sure I was better at figuring this kind of stuff out. What year would that have been? <laughs> I might have been living here. Uh, it was from probably 2004 or five. No, I was in Miles City. Yeah. You used to hear. It was a different... We I, probably debated driving over to catch the show. Really? But weren't able to make it. Oh, <laughs> fun. <laughs> I believed you. I was like, really? You <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh... But that's... I, I, not- yeah, I want to... I'm going to ask... I want to get into your um, get into your lineage a little bit. But first, when you're stand-up, do people... Um, like, I'm very, very tempted right now to say, like, tell me a joke. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I'll tell you, that's the equivalent. Like, I'm really not, I'm really trying to not say. That is. Oh, yeah? Just, well, tell me a joke. Just know, know that your, your instinct to do that is the same as when people come up to you and they need to tell you this hunting story. Yeah. You're going to love No, they need to show me. They show you the they picture. They want to show me a picture of their cousin's neighbor's friend's buck. <laughs> Yeah, same exact thing. How does that make you feel, Steve? It makes you feel like leaving the wedding at 8 p.m. <laughs> um, do you do? Do you currently do the show, um, the gazillion? What's the show? Oh, bajillion dollar properties. Uh, it's like a parody of property shows. Yeah, it's a parody of. Uh, Is that like a thing that you guys are like on a schedule? Or you just kind of do it when you do it. We did it for five years. Uh, it's it's over now, but it's still it's still playing on a bunch of different platforms. But yeah, um, it's on Pluto. It was it's on Pluto now. It's really it was 
probably the most fun show I've ever done because it was all improvised. Yeah. It was a completely improvised show. And it was like a parody on Million Dollar Listing. And it was just so much fun because we got the craziest like celebrities in to be like the house owners or people shopping for houses. Like Zach Galifianakis was on. I mean, it was crazy. It was really, really fun. And the episodes are all out there um, if you want to watch them. I didn't know. So, so that's done now. That's done now. Okay. New is uh, this, net, this Netflix show. It's called The Crew with Kevin James. It's about a NASCAR pit crew. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's a multicam comedy. It's going to be awesome. Really? Yeah. What does multicam comedy mean? I'm so glad uh, you asked, Yanni. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just like we planned uh, before. Um, a multicam is like, you know when you see a comedy that has like a laugh track? That's usually a multicam. But you guys aren't going to use a laugh track like MASH, No, right? we actually have a real live studio audience that we film in front of. Yeah, no. see, I'm not yeah, I'm dude. not familiar with laugh track either. Oh, Phil, uh, yeah. Phil, can you uh, play the some MASH laugh track? I, yep, <laughs> wait, here we go. Matter of fact, <laughs> hold on. I love that the last show that you remember with a laugh track is MASH. <laughs> Because they, they, they used it and abused it. They did. They did. Like, You're it right. Was almost a, it was like a parody of a laugh Well, it's track. the fucking Korean War. They had to add some yeah. levity. Okay, so I'm guessing... <laughs> Does Seinfeld... Seinfeld uses a laugh Seinfeld track. Seinfeld had a laugh track. Friends, probably. Friends, yeah. laugh track. Big Bang Theory. But you don't even notice track. it, right? You're watching it. When you, I yes. told my kids Now you'll show, watch it and you'll listen to people yeah, laughing. exactly. My kids like a show that has a laugh track. And when I tried to explain it to them, they, they looked at me like zero comprehension I'm like no that's a record they're playing listen it's the same listen it's the same people laughing they're like no it's not I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> we do actually like, it's just the people laughing <laughs> <laughs> the people are laughing you need to be told when to laugh that's why you need the laughter no but we actually do film in front of a live audience like 250 people no way I swear man I swear I'll show you a little video and the get audience. their laughs yeah yeah it's wild it's a live audience. But why multicam? I don't, it's, I, I just be, I, because I don't, there's four cameras on you, and it's, it's almost shot what, like what, a... What's a single cam? So a single cam has multiple locations, and it's not just like kind of confined. If you think about, if you think about multicams, uh, you know, the laugh tracky shows, they usually have like three set pieces. Like Seinfeld has apartment, his apartment, the diner. the diner, and then like usually a third one that's like a new one. So, but if you think of... Uh, I'm trying to think of a, a good single. You know, if you look at Silicon Valley or these shows, they're kind of like run. They're like going around in the world and they're snaking in and out of places. Curb your enthusiasm. Single cam. all over the damn place. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's like you're just following. You're a fly on the wall of of his life. So that's uh, that's the main difference. Oh yeah, but um, so this is a big deal for you. It's a big deal, man. It's probably the biggest deal of my career so far. It's a it's a pretty congratulations. I'm very excited. I'm more excited to be on the Meat Eater podcast, though. Well, I will tell thousand, you right It's now. a thousand times cooler. It's a th <laughs> this is zero cam. Well, no. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. We have all these cameras that we don't use. Are we using any of these cameras cam. right now, Phil? Not right now. We, zero cam. Yeah, yeah, zero cam today. We're working on it. And But we are going to use a laugh track. <laughs> of course. Yes. Yeah. I actually do have a giant bank of laugh tracks. I have no idea why. Oh, but I, for, for, for me, please, I would like you I, to pull from uh, MASH. <laughs> Specifically from the MASH. <laughs> okay, got it. That's a great laugh track. Uh, tell, tell me about um, how, how you came to be in the world. Uh, in the world of hunting? No, no, no. The world. The world? Iranian? Oh, yeah. So now, My wife always cracks me because um, she has friends who are from Iran yeah. and doesn't like me to say Iran. Iran. What do you, what, how do you run? <laughs> 
Uh, I say Iran. Do you correct people? No. No? I don't care. I don't really care. I think it's weird when people say Persian. Because I'm like, yo, that empire is gone, bro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stop trying to hold on. Like, Turkish people are in Ottoman. So you don't describe, you don't describe. <laughs> you know? um, so I go, I, I don't know. I think Persian is how they like to refer to the culture. Yeah. But I, Iranian-American, a more American-Iranian, I would But say. where were you born? Uh, I was born in New York. Okay. I was born in New York. My parents, though, are both from Iran. And I go back, like, my 23andMe, what, like, it sent back just, like, a picture of, like, you know, hummus. It was like you're fucking Persian. <laughs> yeah. So what? Uh, when did they, they they moved here? Did they move here after the revolution or yeah, what? Just before they saw the writing on the wall a little bit, and uh, so you don't bounce back and forth. No, man. But both your parents are your. I'm sorry. Both both of your my parents, parents are born. Are our parents. <laughs> <laughs> both your porn and now, yeah. I, but we're Iranian Jews, so you know. The Islamic Republic is not. <laughs> not also, a when you say haven. they saw the writing on the wall, this was like a this yeah. was like getting out of Germany in 1939. Sort kind of, of yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so Iranian Jews, and they moved to New York, and uh, they're you know kind of a rare breed. But um, uh, yeah, I grew up in a very, very, uh, a very Jewish neighborhood outside of Long Island, and guns and hunting were like, I mean, kryptonite. Uh, oh, I'm sure. Growing up. Like, well, no. From the New York end of things. I don't know, but would that be true from the from the mother country end of things as well? I don't. I, from the Jewish end of things, it is. Okay. For sure. Hunting is uh, is not a thing. Um, it's. I, I mean, first of all, just kosher-wise, it's not kosher to eat game. No, it's not true. To eat hunted game. Yeah, but you know what you could do? Farm I, it. You know what the, you know what the um, Chabad, Chabad, the Chabadichers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I asked a guy at a Chabad house one time how you could go about having kosher wild game. Mm-hmm. And he kicked it around and got back to me. And he felt if you caught a deer in a net. Yeah, and then slit its throat. And then brought it to the kosher slaughter. And he slit its throat and yeah. checked it for TB and other diseases. He felt that it could be kosher wild game. But he sure. couldn't see another way of going about it. Yeah, that makes sense. And then you run into all these regulatory issues because you can't. Catch them in nets and drive them home and stuff. Now you got to get like a net gun. <laughs> well, I mean, you just, you just get in trouble too if you tell them like, well, I caught it in a net. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean. So I didn't mean to correct you there. No, it's all good. I mean, but because shooting I, I, an I, animal. I got I to ask, ask another thing before you get to this. Yeah. Just one last quick question. Please. Before the hunting thing. At that time, like when your parents emigrated. Yeah. Was for people, for, for Jews from Iran. Would it have been like, should we go to Israel or the U.S.? Well, was they, that like a, a toss-up? That was absolutely the toss-up. Yeah. And they actually went to Israel first. Oh, okay. And then they decided, I think my mom told me they went to like, uh, it was like a circumcision of like one of their friend's kids. And like, and like someone like raised the baby and was like, this will be the next great general of our country. And my mom was like, I don't want, I don't need this. I don't need this shit for my kids. I'm going to Long Island. She wanted to get away from the warrior culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we were in Sparta and we were all like Hellenic. She was like, let's get this. Let's go back to the arts. <laughs> That's great, man. So we went, uh, which is fun. This is another thing. It's interesting, though, because in America, Jews in general, I feel like, are very uh, anti-gun. Corinne, would you jump on this with me, even though you told me your dad was like a closet gun guy? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, you're right. But the, you don't see, you don't, I, I feel like it's not very, just living amongst 
my friends in New York or LA and like the ones that find out that I have a gun, they lose their fucking minds. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because in Israel, I think there's more gun ownership than like any other country. Yeah, I would think that I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I shouldn't even speculate. But I, like, I, but I could imagine there's more of a in Israel, there's more of a, a you know more of a culture of self defense. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we. It, I feel like the Jews lost that when they came to America. So anyway, I grew up in that. This I've ne- never seen a gun before. Never thought about having a gun before, and then. I basically, uh, I went to college, and I'm, I became friends with this guy, Mohanad Al-Humadi. <laughs> hey, Mo. <laughs> what up, Mo? Um, <laughs> who is an Iraqi Muslim guy. And Where, well, where'd you go to college? Johns Hopkins. Okay. Where yeah. is that? It's in Baltimore. Yeah, okay. Baltimore. Um, oh, dude. You're... Like a big, it's a big medical school. It is. I was pre-med. I was oh, going to be a doctor. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so me and uh, me and I was just gonna say by the I mean, way, he was a hunter. He was a hunter. He grew up in he grew up in upstate New York, and only his parents emigrated from Iraq after like the Iran Iraq War. So literally a war between my country and his country. He em, his family emigrated. You guys are just primed to be buddies. Dude, (laughs) seriously, you couldn't have designed two greater enemies like Shakespearean. And uh, so we we became buds. And uh, it's funny, we we didn't have a lot in common. But I think it was college, so like it was like, yeah, yo, do you smoke weed? I smoke weed. Yeah, let's be friends. So uh, let's put our differences behind us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he told me he was a hunter, and I was like, that's fucking crazy why do you do that there's supermarkets <laughs> and uh he was just telling me that he did and i i still was not there was no bone in my body that was like i want to try this but you i want to talk about your buddy for a second yeah what was his exposure was was, was his, his parents so his dad was is a surgeon mm-hmm. and he got a residency you know when you came from overseas to to become a doctor in America, you go to whatever city takes you. Okay. And he got a residency in Olean, New York. Do you guys are familiar with Olean, no. New York? Mm-mm. It's about an hour and a half south of Buffalo. And it's it's like it's a it's hunting country. Oh, mm-hmm. that's not far from where I grew up. That's yeah. right near the Pennsylvania border. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very Is that the close. first thing you said today, Brody? Brody, thanks for joining us. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's hard to get a net word in. Uh, I disagree. Uh, <laughs> I haven't found that to be true. I don't think it's a problem that you're going to experience. Brody, I'll ask you once in a while what you think about, about what we just said. Yeah. yeah, I'll chime in now and then. Brody's overwhelmed right now because we're working on a, on a book project, and Brody's... Uh, yeah, just moved to Montana. Yeah, and he decided to yeah move a couple states. Really? Oh, yeah, and, Bro- and Brody's moving right now. Mm. So He's, carry on. <laughs> mm. Oh, by the way, I just finished your book in the plane over. Oh, you did? Yeah. Which one? The Meat Eater book. Oh, cool. Fantastic. Thank you. Fantastic. Anyone who's listening, you got to get your hands on that book. Thank you. Anyway. Your buddy. Mo, Dr. Mohanad Ahumadi. His old man lands in Oleander. Old man lands in Oleander. And, you know, it's very hard to live there and not pick up hunting. Oh, yeah. Um, that. But, man, they must have thought that, like, they must have been, to him, the local hunting guys. Yeah. I'm assuming must have been... Dude, come again now? Yeah, You're making some assumptions about their uh, character, oh, aren't you? He is, and he's correct about these assumptions. <laughs> <laughs> he's absolutely correct. I'm not saying they wouldn't welcome him. I just think there would have been pause. But here's there would have been oh, pause. Sure. Like, there was definitely. You're from pause. where? Okay, what? let's go hunting. Yeah. <laughs> here's the interesting thing, though. 
as much as they probably were like, what the fuck is this mm-hmm. Iraqi Muslim guy doing in our town? That Iraqi Muslim guy was one of a few surgeons in the town. So they had no choice. Like, he was helping all their grandmothers and grandfathers yep. and this and that. He was, so as a result, I mean, his family, which is like, I think, it's, he most still lives there. We'll get to that in a minute. But they became these kind of ambassadors for Islam in this in this little town, and which is probably effective. Absolutely. I mean, they you know they they I think they built or they donated to the um, to the uh, what's it called the YMCA there. Like yep. they, it's like the Doctor Adil Al Humadi YMCA. <laughs> it's like a real mindfuck. But um, they became they became hunters and they got really and he got really into it. So Mo grew up. And was a hunter and played ice hockey and all the, you know, all the things that you do over there. Was he, I don't mean to turn this into, a, you know, we'll have to have Mo out sometime. But oh, was Mo, uh, was he into um, sort of like the, 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 the history and the culture of American hunting or is he just, he just liked to go out? I mean, was he sort of like a student of it? Uh, I think, well, he's become one for he's sure. He's become one. He's become yeah. one for sure. Did um, he, did he fish too? I mean, Great Lakes right there. Lake I don't Erie. think, he, no, no, he wasn't, he wasn't a fisherman. No. Uh, it was, it was deer, all deer like all the time. Like deer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they had, was... they had a little, they, his dad bought land, uh, in Cuba Lake, which is like right around there. And it's like, so he's, they've got like a little, a little mountain, a little hill that we go to, uh, every year. To hunt? Out there, Yeah. Yeah, really? huh. yeah, it's awesome. Okay, so you meet him. So I meet him, and I find it. He's a hunter. We became we become close friends. But again, keep the hunting away from me. He's like showing me these pictures. I want to vomit. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And then because you know that that's naughty, dude. <laughs> that is naughty stuff. <laughs> and then we, uh, you know, I I I moved to New York to do comedy, and I get into food. I become the. I, I just really started loving the the food world in New York City, and I became a big food nerd. And, and, I, and I read this book, uh, The Omnivore's Dilemma. Yep. You know this book, Michael Pollan? Yeah. Yep. And he had a whole chapter about, like, I think he was the first person who brought up, he or you was the first person who brought up, like, hey, you got to start thinking about this animal's life if you're going to eat it. And I was like, man, I never. Because he, he goes and hunts pigs in California. In that yeah, book. yeah, exactly. And he gets disgusted by it and all that, but he's like, I had to do it. And so I had this real ethical dilemma of like, shit, I think I need to kill an animal. Uh-huh. So I called Mo and I was like, I think I want to kill an animal. And he was like, I've been waiting for this phone call my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, any excuse to be alone with a Jew and a gun? <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, so at this point, he was in med school in Long Island. Uh-huh. And he was like... Following in his father's footsteps. Following in his father's becoming a surgeon. Uh-huh. And he was like, let's go goose hunting. You'll kill a goose. And I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, I don't want to kill a deer. It's a, you know, go for a smaller animal. So he's got the fucking, you know, he's got the canoe and he's got all the gear and everything. And we're in Long Island. And I know, I don't think you've ever done an episode in Long Island, Long Island hunting. That's correct. We have not. I'll tell you why. I mean, not because we, not because we like haven't. Yeah, but it, we just haven't. It's I've, a, lo- I've looked into a couple yeah, of options. Yeah. It's a weird thing. I should, I should say not because we haven't, not because we, you know, decided not to. Well, it's just we just haven't. I'll tell you, it's a weird thing. Does that make it? I I understand. Yeah, I understand. It is a strange thing though because you. So we go out in this canoe to get to the sandbar where you're allowed to hunt. Okay, I need a little more. Okay, you're 
We are in uh, we're in the North Shore of Long Island. Okay. Okay. Is Port, it a, Port Jefferson? Okay. Is it like a waterfowl refuge or just just normal? No, I don't. Th- I don't think so. I knew that we were allowed to hunt there, and yeah. that's where we needed to get. Okay. I, I don't know all the all the. I'm not going to know all the right hunting terms and stuff. You can nail. But me it's on not that. like some dudes. You're not oh, on no, a no, private no, it's property. Wild. You're no, like, no. you're out. But I'm saying you're out. Anybody could go hunting. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But you've got to like take your boat and go past all these homes to get to this area. Like there's, you know, you're 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 going past these homes and this is Long Island. And they Island, know what you're up to. Where they're not friendly to hunters, okay? And they suddenly see like a canoe going by and, you know, a Jew and a Muslim in camo <laughs> with fucking guns and they're like, "What?" And so we got we got the uh, <laughs> Fish and Wildlife was called on us all the time. <laughs> <laughs> constantly and we'd have to show them and it was always weird because you know we're showing them our IDs and his is like uh, Mohammed Al-Humadi and mine is like Dan Ahdut like these weird names they're like what are you boys doing out here man between streaming services fitness apps and delivery services it's never ending I'm talking about the, the, the subscriptions the monthly dings on your credit card well thanks to Rocket Money I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about Rocket Money is a personal finance app. It goes in and finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. Meaning, you know, like, let's say there's like a show that comes out and you want to watch it and you wind up doing like this free trial and you forget about it. And then two years later, you realize you're paying those hosers 12 bucks a month for something you don't use. It finds that stuff, cancels it. It helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings instead. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all the app's features. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. That's rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Again, rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Spring is a great time to do something with your family. Do some spring cleaning, which I kind of started today outside, planning outdoor activities, which I'm always doing, taking a little trip to Hawaii with your kids for spring break, which I just did, which was great. You know what else you can do for your family this spring? You can shop for life insurance with Policy Genius. Make that part of your financial planning for the year. I've said it before a, a thousand times. I'll say it again. When my wife and I, when we started having kids, we got serious about life insurance. And man, I felt so much better after we did. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just 292 bucks per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it may not follow you if you leave your job. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. It's policygenius.com. The single most valuable tool I have for chasing turkeys next to my scatter gun is the Onyx Hunt app. If I'm hunting turkeys, I'm using Onyx. If I'm not hunting turkeys, I'm using Onyx. I'm always using Onyx. I live by that stuff. I can't tell you the number of birds this app has put me on by allowing me to easily find new areas to hunt. It's invaluable. I use it all the time. Even properties I know super well. I'm at my buddy Bubbly Doug's house. I'm using Onyx, and I've hunted this place a million times. 
With their compass mode, I can pinpoint exactly on the map where a gobble rang out from and then figure out the perfect spot to set up. Meaning, if I'm sitting there, let's say I'm at Bubbly Dogs, I'm in the navel, and I hear, pow, I'll like instinctively pull up Bubbly Doug's place on, on X and I'll look at the topography and I'll be like, oh, that sucker must be over in that little opening over there. Waypoints also, and the ability to share them, okay, comes in handy every spring. Whether that's revisiting old waypoints where I've been on birds before or sharing them to buddies to help put them on birds. This app will help you find more turkeys. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you, too. Use code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt this turkey season. So, anyway, <laughs> we go, we set up these blinds and everything. And then when he starts quizzing you, he's like, oh, so you're hunting, huh? Well, tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> you just, like, fail the test. Absolutely. Dude, I don't even know. I, By the way, I had never shot a like, shotgun. Like, what's this bird? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's the one, it's the one that flies. I I hadn't shot a gun, like which was dumb on his part, I think, to make my first shot be an animal, mm-hmm. right? I don't know. So we get out there, and uh, he sets everything up, and he's like, you know, just uh, relax, it's gonna be fine, you know, this and that. And these geese, uh, you know, couple couple geese come in. Which, by the way, this is my you had I, decoys out. Yeah, we had decoys out. Okay, I have a bone to pick with duck hunting and goose hunting. Oh, it's not gonna hurt my feelings. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I love it, but I'm not going to... Okay, here's my thing, okay? Turkey hunting, mm-hmm. I understand. Uh, here's, I, 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 I ethically am more into that. Because it's like, you're luring in, like, a horny dude. Some horny dude who's like... Like, he, he deserves it. Yeah, he's like some <laughs> alpha horny guy. Yeah. And you're doing the turkey call thing, which, like, translated would be like, Oh, Mr. Turkey. <laughs> and then, you know, Taylor, the frat boy turkey, is, like, sauntering in, like, boom, happy Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, he deserves it. Like, yeah. he's, like, but, he's shallow. Yeah, he's yeah, the he's, alpha shallow, yeah. like, too bravado for his own good. No, I'm feeling it. But then, like... I, I, I never knew why I liked hunting turkey so much, but I think it is, <laughs> it's just this, like, form of justice that, yeah. I, that I exact upon yeah. cocky male turkeys. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like all the bullies that used yeah. to get the girls in front of me. Like, the, yeah, I get The kind the... of people who would come and try to take my daughter out <laughs> yes, in high school. Yeah. exactly. Um, but then, like, I, I feel like duck hunting is, like, the opposite because, like... They're just hungry and... Well, you're, you're going for, like, the wayward, like, loser ducks who don't have a crew, and they see these ducks down there, and the call, the, tur- the duck call or whatever is translated as, like, hey, come here, dude, we got PlayStation, it's fun here, come hang out! And then you're killing, like, this nerdy, like, mi- you're killing the middle school version of me, basically. So anyway, the goose comes, and... <laughs> So that's the bone to pick. That's the bone to pick. Anyway, yeah. goose comes, and I get up, pow, pow, pow. I I shoot, and and there was like three of them in a row, and and one of them goes down. And uh, can I please? I'm sorry. Yeah. During like during all the setup. Yeah. Are are you getting the feeling from your body? Are you like, man, this guy has this dialed, and he's like, it's gonna be good. Here's the thing. Or were you guys just like, wow, here comes a goose. Who would have thought? You know, I'm trying to get like set, you know what I mean? You know, like, what, what the expectations I'm were. I'm going to tell you it's a little bit of both because I don't think he had ever done it either, mm-hmm. but he had all, he's one of those gear guys. Like he's got all the gear. He's very organized and he's also very like annoyingly like gun safety guy. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. I don't know that that's a, that. No, I, I realized it was good, but I hate it in the beginning. Now I'm like that with people that I go hunting with, but like he was very like, dude, don't. Make sure, just point her away. Do not. You know, it was like yeah, he, very, doesn't, he doesn't want to be shot. I know. What a weirdo. <laughs> and, uh, 
but he's like very like you know he's very by the book mm-hmm. and like that and we have it all out but I don't think that he expected them to actually come in you know okay alright and they come in and we get pretty fucking excited and I you know my I get pretty excited you're not thinking yeah. death at this point you're thinking you know it's like your little reptile brain kicks in and you're like oh this is gonna be awesome so you take your three shots I take my three shots and the guy goes down uh and I, for some reason, thought you shoot them and they die in the air and that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't expect, you know, you, you watch the, you know, you watch a Steve Rinella and that's how he does it. No, no. <laughs> but I know, I, I there's a thing, people expect a binary. Dude, I expected this thing like, to just like There's like, like a miss, there's like a miss or, or a death. The first time I took my wife squirrel hunting, she wasn't, she had thought, oh, I'll miss. Yeah. Or it'll die instantaneously and didn't yeah. think about the middle ground. The no, fast middle ground. Bro, there was a middle ground. <laughs> so I knew that I had shot him in in the wing and in the foot, I think. Okay? Mm-hmm. Because his the wing looked like a fucking open door of a DeLorean. Yeah. And and then he couldn't swim in a straight line, so I figured one of his feet was yeah. Ugh, and I like almost vomited. It was so viscerally Just upsetting. Oh, it was it was awful. So then I shot him again, and his you know his neck went down, his head went down, and then we take the canoe out to it. Uh, we didn't have a dog or anything, and I pick up this the goose uh, neck, and the goose neck is like pulsating in my hand. Mm-hmm. Did Mo then have you grab him by the neck? When he grabbed him by the neck, did he, did he then have you swing I couldn't do it, man. I was like, oh my God, dude, it's still alive. It's still alive. And then he took it and like, frame, 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 it. Like he swung it like there was nothing. Yeah. But yeah, man, it was so awful. And, you know, then I was like, you know, okay, I get to do this thing where but I you, you felt food. guilt. I felt disgusted. Okay. I felt absolutely Like disgusted disgusted. with yourself. I felt disgusted with myself. I also was like, you know, it was one of those things where you ever, when you go hunting with a hunter and to them, like, he started like, he was so excited. He was like, you did it, man. Good for you. And I'm just like, I was not in that headspace, yeah, no, man. I was not in that headspace at all. I was like, I want to like cry in the corner of the Yeah, canoe. you were maybe four hours away from that. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Not even, dude. I this Days away. Weeks. I went, I, I so I, we, we brought it in and I, I butchered it. First of all, I wanted to try the liver because I was like, foie gras. It's going to be like foie gras. It was not like foie gras because yeah. well, I guess they're, you know, they're not force fed. And then I couldn't, I, this, this is going to sound awful, but I'm, you know, I, 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 the smell of the meat was so like... I, I I couldn't eat it. It was the it, smell of the guts or the smell of the meat. No, the meat, man. I think it was just I had this whole visceral uh, thing going on where everything was just associated. Yeah, it was yeah. A, so everything reminded me of the experience, and it just like made me so disgusted. I got you. That I just couldn't do it, and I and then I felt guilty about how I couldn't eat the food. I mean, it was a real awful, awful experience. What happened to it? I honestly, I put well, I like when you tried to cook it how. I tried to, well, I brought it to New York City. I was living in the city and I had it in the freezer for a long time. And I just had the, I had the breasts. He just breasted them out. Um, and I just, I eventually, I was like, I don't think I can do this. And I, I, oh, I, like I, you can just smell it. Okay. Not like cooking it, just smelling it. No, man. The flesh. I couldn't even. I know, I know it sounds like I sound like a little wuss and don't worry. No, no, I've, you're fine. I've eaten, I've eaten the food since then. But I like, I felt guilty. I felt gross. And I just like, I put, I threw them into the I threw them into the the uh the Hudson. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was like, I can't do it. Hopefully, someone, some fish will or something. I, 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 it was, I just couldn't do it. It was fucked up. Well, how did you not? Why would that have not been the last time you went out? Like, how did you recover from that enough to go try again? It, it was mind over matter. I, I think that philosophically, I still was like, this is, I, I, it has to be done. I have to be really? able to do this honestly. I and I, and. uh and then the next time we went out, it was we went hunting for pheasants, and I got a pheasant. And where'd you guys go then? We went to Long Island again mm-hmm. and got the fucking <laughs> thing we got called on Dang. again. Change you Netflix. Yeah, we kept <laughs> it in Long Island. <laughs> Seriously, did you make friends with the game wardens and then no, get dude, some they inside They hated scoop? us. They hated like you guys again. <laughs> um, but th- at that point, I was like, okay. So th- this, so I get a pheasant. I kill the pheasant, and then Mo takes it again, all excited and bro I'm a little less you traumatized shot it, uh, this time. On the wing. Yeah. No, this time I got a good shot. It I got was a good flying. shot. Yeah. It was knocked flying. it out of the sky. Thank God. I was like, please, I can't deal with DeLorean yeah. wing again. Yeah. Uh, knocked it out of the sky. Um, and then Mo's like, good job. He takes it and like just puts it in my in my vest. The game pouch, yeah. The game pouch. And, you know, thing is still in the throes of in his death throes. It's still like twitching a little bit. And Having that little twitch on my back, oh man, it was it was intense. <laughs> oh, I hated it so much. But anyway, eventually, why does everything seem to twitch, dude? Impulsive, impulsive. I can't. Anyway, I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat this guy. I'm gonna give him a, a good life. And I made a uh, I made a pheasant ragu. Okay. I I um I took a, a recipe from the Babo cookbook, which is a great cookbook. I made a pheasant ragu. I made gnocchi from scratch, and dude. It was unbelievable. And I was like, okay, now we're talking. So no. you didn't have the same reaction to the meat. Like, it just didn't happen? No, it didn't happen. You think it was because it was more like a chicken? I think it's because it died quick. No, yeah. I, think, I think it was because it died quick. I think it was because it, it, it wasn't my first time. Right. You know, it's like, uh, back, let's bring it back to sex. Your first time is like not, it's not the most memorable experience, and then it gets better and better. Babo, that's Batali. That is Batali. You know, I was surprised to see that you you worked for a time. You did something or another at the at Spot. the Spotted Pig. Yeah, yeah it just closed. I was an intern at the Spotted Pig. Yeah, yeah for uh, for the, for a whole summer. Um, yeah, it did. It just closed. Babo and I mean, do you know Batali? Because he lives in Michigan now, doesn't he? Uh, he has a place in Traverse. He's City. like he's quarantined himself to Michigan. Yeah, never met him, but we used to. You know, I'd been in Spotted Pig for a while, and I used to hang out with April Bloomfield. I love yeah. her. Yeah. She's great. Yeah, it's a bummer, man. I know. I, I couldn't believe when I saw love that restaurant. It was such a, it was so depressing. Uh but you know, I mean they had a it's tough to bounce back from sure from that stuff. Um but yeah, dude. You they, made a ragu. I made a ragu, a pheasant ragu, and it was awesome. And then eventually I thought I was, you know, ready for deer. And that is a different experience too, man. Long Island? Not Long Island. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, long. Yeah. Well, we had a photographer that hunted deer on Long Island, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. 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 There's deer in Suffolk County, um, but no, this was up in Mahaned's land in uh, Cuba Lake. Oh, okay. So Mo ended up becoming a surgeon in the same hospital that his dad was, and he lives up there now, in that same in Olean, New York. So uh, I went up to him, and and you know. First time, yeah, I, I remember in your book you talked about the first time you missed a deer, which my story was like, it was, I was, you know, in the tree stand and I finally see this, I'm so excited and, you know, I finally see this buck and I'm like excited to like 
prove myself to like my buddy and his buddies. His buddies are like it's like me, Mo, and like his state trooper buddy, and the state trooper buddy's buddy. <laughs> it's like just a ragtag group. And I see this big buck, and he was priming me for just take a doe. It's just, and I'm like, oh my god, I can do this. And I like aim, and I can't see the guy. I'm like, what the fuck? Why's your like, hand when you're aiming? Why is your hand open like that? Why is my hand open? Yeah, you should at least do like a little trigger thing. No, I, I have it off the trigger until uh, until I'm ready to go. Hunter safety, ma'am. That's just not a convincing. Um... <laughs> you know, I've got the gun ready to go, <laughs> and uh, I like three times. And the guy's like just kind of sauntering off. And eventually, I realized that you I can't for- find him in the scope. I forgot to take the fucking cover off of the scope. Oh, yeah. And he just got away. Um, but then the second time I went out, which is a year after, I, uh, I so that was your it. season. That was my season. That was it. That Missed was opportunity. Yeah. And then uh, went back the next year and went out with uh, with a shotgun, with you know, the slug, and saw a little guy come through. And my, I mean, your heart just beats like. Insanity. It still oh, yeah. does. Yeah, I mean, I've killed like probably six deer now. It's still oh, really? Does. Yeah. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, and then I, I, I shot him. He jumped and then, you know, ran a little ways and then we went and got him. And dude, that was a fucking, I like started crying and shit. Uh-huh. I could, and, and again, Mo was like, you did it. Woo! Smile, <laughs> smile big. I'm like, give me a moment. <laughs> um. Yeah, but then I went to town, man. I started making so much food, like amazing food Back with in that New deer. York. Yeah. So how how are you handling the um you you're getting it processed up where you are and yeah. you just bring a package meat back to your right. pres- an apartment. Yeah. I got yeah. a quick question before we get to um cooking deer meat. But did you find it odd cuz you you started hunting as an adult? Yeah. So did you find it odd that there was such emotion and, and like the excitement and like the the buck fever, you know, as, as you probably know it now? I yeah, you know, I did because he he was explaining buck fever to me and I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty good in high stress situations. I'll be okay. But I my hands were shaking dude. I, I, it was very, very hard to concentrate. It's really weird. Um, and when you say you're good in high stress situations, you mean like performing? Yeah, I'm good at performing or like, I think I'd be good at like, like if I get into a car accident or something, like I'm pretty relaxed. I'm not like, I don't get frantic. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I got pretty fucking frantic when I saw this guy. Um, cause there's a lot of things. I, my biggest fear was like, again, I don't want to injure this guy and then I have to like watch him, you know, you know, or, or like I can't, I, I don't find. There was one time when I shot a deer and he and he went off into the woods and we couldn't find him for like twenty minutes and it was it was twenty minutes after we started coming down. No, I shot him. Well, I, the thing is this: twenty minutes and I freaked the fuck out. Okay, because the other ones that I'd gotten were like, they, you know, they didn't go very far. I'm a pretty good shot, Steve. Yeah, I was just saying, there's a, there's a, it can get a lot worse in 20 minutes. I know, I know. No, I'm a pretty yeah. good shot, but it was, and it was close, he was close, but he just went into a bunch of thick brush and... That's long enough for you to think the worst, you know? <sighs> Dude, I was fucking, I was not in a good place. Yeah. And again, it's like, that was an, it's, that's an, it's an interesting thing, because I wonder if it's like, if it's... A little bit of it is, uh, yes, obviously you don't want this this guy to be in pain, but also I wonder if it's just a little bit of your cavemanness of like, oh my god, I just lost out on all this food. Um, oh yeah, I, I don't I don't know that it, yeah, the cavemanness. I think there's a definite thing is that you wanted it. Yeah, like you wanted it bad enough to try to kill it. 
And then it gets away. Besides the, oh, man, I'm causing suffering to something. There's definitely the, but I wanted it. Yeah, there like, is. It was mine. Yeah. It's supposed to be mine. Absolutely. I wanted it in my hand. Absolutely. Now this is the thing I thought I had, and I don't have it. Yeah. And that's a part of it. But the suffering part, man, I that that's why I'm actually, it's, uh, again, in your book, I think uh, it was one of your dad's buddies who was, like, anti, uh, um, like, using a bow. Yeah, Eugene right? Groders. Yeah. Yeah. I I I sort of feel I feel the same way like either with a bow or like a, a muzzle loader like anything that makes it a little harder for us I unless you you should you should have to take a test that shows that you're extremely proficient in those instruments in some states you do oh do you I can't think of any state that has a firearm proficiency There's test ar- archery hunter archery head. proficiency yeah. test and the minute yeah you know you get people all riled up the minute you say that. I know you that you should regulate something. Well, no, somehow. no, no, not that. No, I was just saying the minute you get into like, well, the animals must suffer more with archery. You know, there, there's it's the kind of thing where anyone sort of driving a point is going to find some study that re- reinforces their perspective. Listen about what's painful, what's not painful, what's fast, what's not fast, humane. Not. I also just think that. Well, look, just accuracy wise, a Leopold scope is gonna probably get you to the point you want to get uh, you know at a, at the same distance than you know just looking through your bow is that a simple way to is that an awful way well obviously say, obviously sure, you shoot this. them at different I would say distances this. if you took um yeah man if you randomly selected 10 Americans yeah and they had to kill deer and your goal was to have these randomly selected individuals kill these deer quickly the thing to do would be to give them a scoped rifle. Right. It would just, there's, it's, <laughs> right. the, it, there's a lot less you need to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To perform at like a proficient level at short distances. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've seen people shoot a firearm only five or six times in their life and then successfully kill a deer at close distance. Right. You're not going to get that with a bow. Yeah. Absolutely. You can get it with a crossbow, but it's a little bit harder. But, yeah, you're just not going to get it with a bow. Yeah. There's so much more to learn and so many more things that can go wrong. If you can, more power to you. But I just think yeah. that the you should respect that, you know, the skill level that you need to have for that thing. Because, man, it must suck to be a deer that just gets winged by a, you know, in the leg and then he's fucked for the whole. Yeah, it would, it would seem so. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but then, uh, so... I. It's funny because then I started really getting into hunting and uh, started looking for content on hunting, which is kind of when I discovered you because all the content what out there. What did that search look like for you? I'll tell you what it looked like. I would go on YouTube okay, and I would type in hunting videos or whatever, and it was all <laughs> <laughs> fucking- Really was, had it narrowed down. Look, huh? dude, it was, it was all just like- these guys would just put up videos with like death metal in the background, <laughs> like shooting a deer, and then they'd show it again in like slow motion, yeah. and, like the head exploding, and I'm like, "Fuck, man, this is why isn't there?" And then, and then, and then a hero comes along, <laughs> dude. You're, and then I started. Saying, I was like, "Oh, this is like a thoughtful dude who's smart, who's talking about hunting in the in the way that uh, that I this was this is the blue collar Bourdain right here." And uh, I was so into it, man. I mean, I'm still so into it. But um, 
it kind of it gave me it was it was this moment of like okay cool i i there's a team out there that i'm that i'm part of it's not just mo <laughs> yelling mo, yeah. yelling over dead carcasses <laughs> being like smile for the camera <laughs> um but yeah man i i just in general though i i don't think that i would ever have met more people that i, I would never th- more people from different backgrounds, from different political uh, leanings. I probably it, it's probably affected the way that I think about a lot of politics, uh, you know, than I ever did. I, it, it's it's affected the way you think about politics. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Beyond the obvious. Uh, yeah, oh. yeah, I think so. Just I, mean ex- exposure to other people. I mean, look, dude, we go. When I say the obvious, I mean like the, the obvious are like political subjects or political issues that are directly related to hunting um yes more than that more than than that but yes let's go let's let's start there though i mean i think that there's a lot of people that see you know a school shooting and they're like no one should have guns Mm -hmm. and i'm like guys it's it's a it's it's different it's a little more complicated no there's no fucking reason for any you know i'm i live in west hollywood so that's where you live now yeah yeah so it's like there's no reason for you lived in Brooklyn, so it's like yeah. the same shit. I mean, it's just it's it's weird how how you just realize how ignorant people are to the other side for sure in general, and uh, both ways, absolutely both ways. And I think that it's funny because I end up getting into a lot of these conversations because people assume, oh, Jew from New York, <laughs> he's gonna you know he's gonna have a certain way of thinking, and. Uh, in a way, I have to. There's a lot of ed- educating that needs to be done, especially in LA, like with environmentalists and stuff. When they're like, "How dare? How could you kill?" I'm like, "More money goes to you know my my hunting license pays for more, you know, environmental uh, preservation than than your little fucking clipboard that you're collecting names outside of Whole Foods does." Uh, have you found Have you found that that's effective? When no, you have these not really. <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> no, absolutely. I think I. They're think, not like, yeah, I see what you mean, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're totally right. Uh, d- does being um, you're vocal about hunting? Here you, you know, are. I I haven't been. I haven't been very. I've never like posted any pictures, any okay. hunting pictures. Uh, well, you, I mean, you're talking about it right now. Cats out of the this bag. is this is me coming out of the closet right now. <laughs> this is my really? big coming out party. So you're active on social media. Yeah, you don't put anything about hunting or deer no. meat or anything on social media. No, uh, rarely. I I, I did some. Uh, it's funny. We uh, I got a deer this year, and I wanted to do. I wanted to cook up a bunch of the organs. Mm-hmm. So I did a video of that. But it was just like from the kitchen, like cooking cooking up the organs. It's funny. I fucking I I messed up one of your recipes. I I you must have read it wrong. No, <laughs> I was what? No, because I I uh, I took the balls off. So here's the funny thing: I killed this deer this year, and it's me, Mo, and Dean. <laughs> have and, you hunted with anyone besides no, Mo? No, absolutely not. It's me, Mo, and Dean, the state trooper. It's the three of us, okay? And which is a little, it's like the Holy Trinity. It's like a Muslim, a Jew, and a Christian walk into you know public lands, and. Uh, you know, they're both very like, yeah, we did it. I'm like, all right, guys, I need the balls off of this off of this deer. And they're like, what? What? I'm like, we're going to eat the balls. And I've already introduced Dean and a bunch of his, like, rednecky friends to parts of the deer that they would never eat, like the heart and, you know, yeah. which they fucking love heart. How, heart is so easy to love, by the way. Yeah. I think it's the most unsung hero of the, uh, you know, of the, or, of the deer organs. Yeah. You think? My kids love it. It's delicious. And they, I mean, they, you know... 
There's a lot of stuff they don't like. It's delicious. Yeah. I I think I, the organs for me are like my favorite part. I, I want, you know, the organs, you got to eat them quickly. But once I was leaving Moe's and going to New York City, and I took the heart and the liver and put them in, you know, like a little styrofoam thing and brought them to the TSA, <laughs> went through security. And like, did they, I, did they take a look? Fuck yeah, they took a look. <laughs> They're organic. There's a heart and an or It looks like a human heart. Like it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up, man! I gotta go. I gotta get this to, this, to my surgeon buddy's yeah, exa- dad. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this was not long after 9/11, and there's an Iranian guy coming in with like human organs and like ammo on him. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, and I got busted once at JFK with my shotgun because I didn't know that you're not allowed to have to bring long guns to... I thought I didn't know you, you needed did? a license. I didn't know you needed a license to bring a long gun to... Through JFK? Yeah, through JFK. Where were you, where were you storing the gun? Uh, I was going to... So, Mo. <laughs> Mo, uh, bo- where is Mo? Really right right Mo is here. I feel like I've got some questions for Mo. Like, Mo is gonna listen. He's gonna be like, no, no, that's not what happened. Mo bought Mo. God bless Mo. Birthday present buys me a shotgun. Okay, a beautiful Benelli Montefeltro, and uh, I'm taking this thing to uh, Long Island. I was like, I'll bring it to my parents' house in Long Island, and then I'll go in the city. But I land in JFK. Yeah. And they're like, what is this? I'm like, it's my shotgun. They're like, you can't have shotguns. You're like, duh. I'm like, and I'm, and I'm like all on high and muddy. I'm like, actually, you're allowed to have long guns. You don't need a license for a long gun. And they're like, uh, in uh, fucking New York City, you do. And I'm like, oh, no. And they bring these two cops over. Oh, yeah. And they're like, what the fuck is going on here? I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't know that you need a license. And, you know, I look the way I look. I look, you know, like a fucking Woody Allen character. Like, what are you doing with a fucking shotgun? I'm like, I'm, I'm a hunter. They're like, what are you fucking? You're a hunter? <laughs> and like the lady, like an old Jewish lady working at Delta. She's like, what are you doing this for? What's the point? <laughs> so now I have to like go through the ethics of hunting with the fucking two Italian cops and the old Jewish lady at Delta. Oh, it was hilarious. Uh, that, that's the thing they've, I, I remember hearing about, um, there being like legal challenges to that because a lot of people, it's very common for people to accidentally, you got some guy that lives in Pennsylvania. Right? Yeah. And he buys a plane ticket out of JFK. Yeah. Connected. And his whole damn life, he's like, drove to the airport and went off to hunt deer at his uncle's house. Absolutely. And he shows up at JFK just like another day at the office. And all of a sudden, yeah. Yeah, they send it to a town. They said it's very very common problem. (laughs) Is it really? Yeah. It's wild, man. I was scared shitless. Like I said, because it just would never, a lot of people would like never occur to him that that would be the case. Yeah. And then it's not standardized. No. It's like, there's three airports that's like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Newark, JFK, and LaGuardia. It's tough traveling with a gun in uh, New York City. Um, are you worried about hunting screwing you over, man? Like being in, you know, in, the sh- in show business and everything? Like do people <sighs> find out that you're a hunter and, uh, and, and, and the work will dry up? Do I you don't, get punished? I don't know, man. I think that – I don't think so. I think that, you know – God bless Joe Rogan in some ways, because I think he opened yeah. it up a little and made it a little more acceptable. And I think that also since I've kind of had this like uh, this food career come out of, you know, come out of, of nowhere, I think I get a little bit more of a pass. But it's, yeah, I definitely have some people who don't want to come to my house anymore because they know that I have guns there. 
Hmm. You know, and then I have to bring out the stats like, oh, well, a house with a swimming pool is actually more data. And then I'm like a fucking, <laughs> <laughs> you know, spitting off like NRA talking points. Um, but it's uh, it's weird, man. I, I get it, though, because I used to be that. I used to be these guys. Like anytime I hear someone had a gun, I was like, oh, this is a different human being from the type that I would like to interact with. What did your parents think about your whole transformation? Uh, not thrilled. Yeah. Not thrilled. Um, are they into very, are, have they eaten any of anything you no, know? No, 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 no. They wouldn't. They're also like they're still kosher, so they wouldn't. Right. You know. Mm, okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. But they just think it's they just can't understand. Like they just can't believe it. My um, little boy. My okay. little boy. We didn't escape Khomeini for this to happen to him. <laughs> Do they? Are they uh, like like eye rolly half joking eye rolly or are they like legitimately pissed? They're not legitimately pissed, but they're like, we don't want to hear about this. Just mm. leave that part of your life <laughs> to yourself. What, yeah. What's their association? In I mean, in their mind, what's what's their like? I think know, they freak out every time that I, they they imagine me going out with a gun. What do they think about Mo? Mo? <laughs> <laughs> There's one thing you should do with that gun. <laughs> Mo, it's funny. Mo, and it, it, this is the funny part is that Mo is probably is the first Muslim friend that has ever entered, you know, our family. I'm the first He's Jewish your friend, buddy, yeah, and I'm the first Jewish guy who's entered his family. His parents are my parents, and my parents are like his parents. Like w- there is such a love between our families, and it's, oh, you mean home? So they like each other. Oh, my parents are like friends with Mo's parents. Like I thought you meant that they're. I, I think meant that they're very similar. Um. No, they're they're very uh, well. They're both they are similar in that they're they're all Middle Eastern, but you know there is the Jewish Muslim divide, which you don't find old school, you know, Iranian Jews friends with any Muslims, any any Arab Muslims. You just don't, and you don't find many Arab Muslims who are friends with Iranian Jews, uh, and it's uh, you know from the old school. I think second generation it does so. But I'm, you know, I hate to get all like, you know, uh, you know, kumbaya about it. But I, I seriously think that in a in a big way, hunting kind of brought us us together. Was like such a common ground that that uh, made us uh, into best friends. That there's something about a hunting buddy, man. It's like you've, you know, I'm not going to exaggerate and say you've been through, to war together. But man, we've done some fucked up shit that I've never done with, you know. Other people like gutting a deer in the dark and while you're freezing and yeah, it's an accelerated courtship. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I want to ask you a, a couple of questions about um, show business and and career and sort of the way like, yeah personal life comes into it. Like, yeah. You look at someone you mentioned Joe Rogan. Yeah, but uh. He's on. I don't want to say he's untouchable, but everything he's done is organically built. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't. He doesn't need. Um, the normal gatekeepers don't apply. Absolutely. Right. Like. Yeah. You look and be like, who? Like, if someone's mad at him or someone's displeased with something he's done, what do they? There's nothing, they can't, they can't stop him from publishing his podcast. Yeah. The UFC isn't going to mess with him. Right. He's still going to be a great stand-up. Like he's, and it's not accidental. He just got himself. He he's like created a position for himself where it's like, come on, come all. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like I'm doing my thing. Um, but you look at people, you know, like like 
like Chris Pratt, like pretty outspoken hunter. Yeah. Eh, somewhat outspoken hunter. But he is like he's depends on studios wanting to engage with him. Yeah. Um so when I asked you like about that, do you are you fearful like I mean like in a serious way? Do you ever think like or is it just sort of a very uh middle America perspective that Hollywood would blacklist the hunting guy? Or is that is that ridiculous? Uh I don't think that Look, if I walked into work with a MAGA hat, that would probably have an effect. You know what I mean? More so than a hunting hat. Absolutely. I think you can get away with you can get away with hunting um, if you're cooking. If you're a chef, they get away. With, chefs get away with a chefs lot. Chefs get away. <laughs> I think, uh, I, but I I don't think that it's as it is stigmatized. But it's not. I don't think it's enough of a to be a deal breaker. And also to tell okay. you the truth. Now that I'm on this new show that's a NASCAR show that has a NASCAR audience, I have a feeling that's why I think I'm a little, uh, you know, more willing to come out of the closet about it. Oh, yeah. You know? Because they're not going to be as judgmental. No, not at all. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a, a, a big hunting crowd that, that watches that show. Um, What's your role in the show? Uh, so it's about a NASCAR pit crew. Yeah, but I mean, like, who, who are you in it? I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm getting oh. to it, Steve. Uh, I am the, uh, the chief engineer of the pit crew. Are you like a nerd? Yeah. Oh, it's my favorite. <laughs> you play a nerd. I get to play a nerdy, a nerdy, like socially awkward chief engineer. It's like it's the best. <laughs> Did you have to learn a lot of terminology? You know, look, I went to Hopkins. I was pre med. I, you know, I, I, it's not, it's not that out of my wheelhouse. You can do a little tech talk when you. I need could to. do a little tech talk if I need to do some tech talk. Yeah. I could do some titillating te- tech talk. That's good. See that? I listened to your podcast, bro. Uh, I knew that was one of the words you were. You know, a word we don't use. <laughs> What's that? Alliteration. Really? Which is titillating, titillating tech talk. T- yeah. Is, is, is Alliteration's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> you ever hear us use that word, Yanni? No. No? I like it. Um, so How'd you y- become so so well-read and all that stuff? Is this just, just yourself just being like, I feel like uh, I'm just going to fucking learn everything I can learn? You're one well, of the- I did a lot. Of, I got to do a lot of reading. Um, I appreciate you just asking me a question. Uh don't lie. I'm not too crazy about it. I'll tell you the answer. Um, <laughs> no, because it's well, something. I went to gra- you- I went to, when I went to graduate school, it's supposed to be a two-year program, but it took me three years to get through. Uh-huh. And you already, even if you do it in two years, it's like basically you just go there and read. It's like writing. It's a writing program. Yeah. But you just read. Um, and you get to read a lot. And you're around people who are exciting about reading. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd always read a lot and, and had good, you know, like, like somewhat good retention about it. But um, it was in that culture of, uh, you know, just like s- several years of like very intensive reading. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think I learned things from that. Because I remember like leaving to go to graduate school. I realized I had never, re- I never read anything approaching literature. Mm-hmm. And I remember dedicating a summer to trying to get through James Joyce's Dubliners. Because I sure as hell wasn't going to read, uh, what's his? Ulysses. Ulysses. Yeah, you, yeah. Well, I was like, oh, so he's got a little short book? <laughs> 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 Couldn't get through it. Because I was like, all I'd ever read was like uh, just stuff about, about nature. Yeah. Like nature stuff, history, mountain man history stuff, Davy Crockett yeah. stuff. I just read all that. Books about how to trap. Um, and I remember thinking like, man, I got to bone up. And so I really like tried very hard to get my way through Dubliners 
to prepare for like a life of literature. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's like I have friends who've gone to grad school and they don't become like what like how you've become. And it's interesting reading your book was very interesting to me because I was like, okay, I'm going to read that his dad was a professor or something. And, like, this was oh. just something that, like, you know, even though they grew up around the woods, like, you know, he was always... And that wasn't the case. I mean, I, I didn't know that you were, like, trying to be, like, a professional trapper. I was like, holy fuck, man. This guy, he... he you you can't, Most people can't just reinvent themselves as a fucking good writer. <laughs> you well, know? yeah, but the thing you gotta think about, too, um, is in some ways... This is true of me and Giannis and Brody here. In some ways, right now, I mean, it's like we effectively think about and talk about this stuff for a living. Right. So that's, you know, you're devoting a lot of time to it. Yeah. Like the subjects, you know, not so so much for writing them down, but it's just you wind up kind of getting where I think you wind up getting where you, you just, you have the luxury of getting to immerse yeah into something yeah um and really surround yourself surround yourself with people who are equally immersed and i did that and i got and i was able to do that for a while with when i went to school for writing and then coming out of that all my friends were writers and you're just like immersed and that yeah. kind of like gradually segued into you know i always had that focus in the outdoors but then when i becoming very immersed with people who think about hunting all the time and think yeah. about fishing and write about it and make their careers about it. And then it winds up, just has this snow, I feel it has this like snowballing effect. Yeah. Right. You're just able to devote an enormous amount of time and attention to something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which I'm, I'm sure is true in many, many other disciplines. We had the, the other day, we had a, the insect guy on, right? Yeah. Spent his whole career messing around with insects. And you can <laughs> yeah. get, you can stray pretty far from his focus and ask him questions about bugs and he knows what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, how in the world do you know? And you're like, oh yeah, because he, like me, spent 20 years dealing with these sort of like same sets of ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. I mean, it's fun. I have a buddy, um, Josh Heald. He's, uh, he wrote the movie uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. Yep. And uh, he's one of the writers of Cobra Kai, the show. And he... He always says, "I hate writing, but I love being done with writing." Yeah, that's a, there's a that's a that's a there's many versions of that. Yeah, quote. Are there, yeah, yeah. He didn't come up with that. Oh, he didn't. No, <laughs> you're, on, you're on blast, Josh Shield. Um, Do you feel the same way? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I Ugh. I think it's just like true. Like I hate I hate writing. <laughs> it's the worst. Yeah, I hate writing. There's nothing like being done with it. Do you know the writer Ian Frazier? I don't think so. He's a, he's a New Yorker writer. He wrote a book called Great Plains, A History of the American Great Plains. Okay. It's a phenomenal book. Okay. He was saying when he was young and he wanted to be a writer, like he always grew up reading The New Yorker. And he said like when normal kids would draw like monster trucks and whatever, he would draw like a person with a martini glass. You know? <laughs> like the New Yorker <laughs> but, uh, cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> but he said like he always imagined, oh, Corinne, I have my, uh, look at my shirt. Shout out to Die Due. Die Due. Check it out. Hey, Jesse. We're wearing our t shirts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You ever go to Austin? This is where you ought to eat. Oh, yeah? You should hang out with Jesse Griffiths, actually. Who's Jesse? He's no Mo. He's no Mo. <laughs> He's a hunter in Austin, Texas. Oh, yeah. He has a restaurant. He teaches a lot of people. Dude, how to oh, hunt. yeah. You yeah. guys would actually, you Wait. guys would be like nuts on a dog, I bet you. I, th- <laughs> I think you guys just love each other, man. 
Um, yeah, I think I remember. Was he on here or? Yeah, yeah, he's been yeah. On the show. Yeah, he's yeah. been on the show. You'd love that guy. Yeah, he seems interesting. No, yeah. oh, you guys have hit it off. He's what got a good. I, he's got a good cookbook. Yeah, you know, for sure. What was I getting at though? Um, Damn it. We were talking about uh, writing, and then we were talking. Oh, I was going to tell you a great, oh, the, the, great, a good writing quote. Yeah. Um, how's it go? It's like I'm going to paraphrase the writing quote, but it's uh, talking about like working on a book. It's like driving somewhere at night where you can only see as far as your headlights. Uh-huh. But you just keep going and going and going and going, and eventually you get there. Yeah. And that's miserable. There's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you there yet? Are you there Yeah, without a GPS. Because I think it's like yeah. there's so much potential for wasting fucking hours and hours of hours. And the amount of stuff that you write and you just throw out is just like... It's just wasted neurons. Well, I mean, it's not wasted because you, you have to get through that stuff to get to the good stuff. I work um, lately on, on a couple projects. I've worked with Brody here as a writing partner. Oh, cool. And Brody's, I mean, it's fair to say you're a self-taught writer. Sure. Would you mean, study in school? I, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I studied writing at an undergrad at oh, Penn you did? State. Yeah. Not like it's had near, nowhere near approaching what you did, but yeah, a little bit. Enough. Um. He writes very like there's a there's another writing quote RJ Apple I think mm-hmm. no one or I can write better than anyone that can write faster than me and I can write faster than anyone that can write better than me <laughs> that's good <laughs> that's Brody a little bit yeah Brody's like just fast really yeah doesn't have a lot of weight he doesn't like write whole pages and then be like ah yeah wow hey there's he, a- he plays yeah writing writing for keeps. Yeah, I don't like rewriting shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, First there's, draft here's, there's another quote that is actually not attributed to writing. It's attributed to Napoleon on, you know, how he won so many wars. But it's basically, I think it was, uh, quantity is a quality unto itself. I got to think about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think with writing, that is so important. You just have to fucking keep cranking stuff out. Uh Right, here's a writing quote from, All right. from a teacher. <laughs> hey, we're, we're doing a, a spin-off podcast called a writing quote, quote Off. A writing quote from uh, my 10th grade mentor. Yeah. Um, if you're counting the words you write, we'd be like, how long does it need to be for the assignments? Yeah. If you're counting the words you write, you're not writing words you count. I've later found out that's not necessarily true. Because <laughs> <laughs> being a magazine writer, they never really like hold you to word counts. Yeah. Know? And then yeah. you are like, one, two, three. <laughs> yeah, we should tell that teacher those who can't teach. That's his quote. Oh, dude, no, come I'm on, kidding. Mr. Nice... Heaton. Sorry, Mr. Heaton, you're you a good guy. Uh, just, you're... Turn, turn everything off, Phil. <laughs> yeah. Shut it down. Shut it down. My career's over after this podcast comes out. In my... Did you know Rocket Money can cancel a subscription for you? They'll even alert you when there's been an increase in a subscription price and negotiate rates for you. I can see my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few taps. You wouldn't believe how many people are paying for subscriptions they don't use. This happened to me. It's annoying. This helps you find it out and get rid of it. Well, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions and monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. That's rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. The single most valuable tool I have for chasing turkeys next to my scatter gun is the Onyx Hunt app. If I'm hunting turkeys, I'm using Onyx. If I'm not hunting turkeys, I'm using Onyx. I'm always using Onyx. I live by that stuff. I can't tell you the number of birds this app has put me on by allowing me to easily find new areas to hunt. It's invaluable. I use it all the time. Even properties I know super well. And I'm at my buddy Bubbly Doug's house. I'm using Onyx, and I've hunted this place a million times. With their compass mode, I can pinpoint exactly on the map where a gobble rang out from and then figure out the perfect spot to set up. Meaning, if I'm sitting there, let's say I'm at Bubbly Doug's, and I'm in the navel, and I hear, Pow! I'll like instinctively pull up Bubbly Doug's place on, on X and I'll look at the topography and I'll be like, oh, that sucker must be over in that little opening over there. Waypoints also, and the ability to share them, okay, comes in handy every spring. Whether that's revisiting old waypoints where I've been on birds before or sharing them to buddies to help put them on birds. This app will help you find more turkeys. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you too. Use code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt this turkey season. Hey, I'm excited to share our newest sponsor here on the Meat Eater podcast, which is Poncho Outdoors. The reason I'm excited is I buy their shirts anyways. I don't, I don't I, listen, man, I, I rarely go into stores to buy clothes. I like to, I just buy myself online and I love their shirts. Max that I work with, Max Bard, who comes on the podcast one day. I don't know if he sent me a link to this place. I went on and bought some shirts. Dude, they make some good shirts. And they even have an option where if you're like a skinny dude, you can click like the skinny dude thing and get like a whole different cut of the shirt. It's great. Based in Austin, Texas, Poncho is committed to crafting the world's best outdoor shirts for men. They got it started out with a lightweight fishing shirt. Now they make all kinds of other lines. Western, denim, flannel, corduroy. Better fitting. Not, not all baggy. Better performing because they got modern fabrics with some stretch and breathability and way comfortable. Poncho is only sold on their own website. So head over to ponchooutdoors.com. Use code MEATEATER for a free hat or t-shirt with any purchase of a shirt. Poncho offers free shipping and returns so you can try them out risk-free. You know, some things I wanted to ask you about. Why do I have down? Yeah. Giving gourmet game to hardcore hunters who can't cook. I like that <laughs> sentence. That's not even a sentence, but that I like it. not even a sentence. No, that was, you know, Dean. Dean is the, the state trooper. Uh-huh. Uh, him and his buddies. Um, can't cook. They can't cook at all. And they think that deer. <laughs> Would you tell me the same? They're always like, deer tastes horrible. I'm like, <laughs> guys, it doesn't. I'm telling you. And I made them the last time I took a bunch of uh, ground deer and I made like um, I made like Persian sausages, uh, per- Persian kebab out of them. Oh, okay. Um, which is basically you ground up the meat. You have to mix it like oh, se- you, you grind it. You, you, gr- you grind you grind the meat. You want a seventy thirty fat to lean, right? So I got a bunch of beef tallow, mix yep. that in, and then you want to put a bunch of onions, ground uh, grounded up onions in there. And then some spices. And then you cook it really low so the onions caramelize within the kebab. 
and it's, you skewer these meatballs. I I just made them. Look, you kind of make them look like little. They're like long finger long things, doo-doos. right? So yeah. it's like a sausage yeah. on a stick. It's yeah, and then you With put no it, casing, no casing, and then uh, you know you put some turmeric in it. You put some sumac on it. Oh, sumac! You know, so uh, and these guys never had turmeric. Are you gr- sumac? Oh, bullshit! I've had more of that than you could, you'll ever have your whole life. But sumac, <laughs> and I, no, I don't know what that is. I know like sumac. You know poison sumac, probably. Sure, yeah. yeah. So there's the berry. You know? And you dry it out, and then you turn it into a powder. Is that right? Yeah, and it's used as um, it's used as like if you go to like Persian households, it's like salt, pepper, sumac. Really? Is on the table. I've got some at home. I'll bring it for you tomorrow. Yeah, Steve. I would appreciate that. But now, are you citrusy. sure that it's the same poison sumac that litters American roadways in the Midwest? I don't know. Actually, I don't think it's poison sumac. I think it's I is I think it's just a, it's just sumac. Is that is that am I? I think so. We'll probably have to. Man, look it um, up. yeah, I'm guilty of not. I, I mean, I know like, yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with our sumacs. I've never heard of someone eating them. Have you ever collected and dried your own? To make it? No, I haven't. Okay. I do fennel pollen though every uh, you do? spring. That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So that, you, it's expensive. Fennel, yeah, yeah. very. The, the, do you do any the, of that? The you, petals. Do you do any of the foraging? The foraging for? Uh... I'd forage for the real standards. Like, uh, like what? Like I like morels. Yeah. Oyster mushrooms, bleats, uh, ramps. 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 Oh man, I went, like you know fucking I blackberries. Fucking love ramps. <laughs> you know, like the, yeah, the, the, I tend to focus on the stuff that's just good. Yeah, like really good. Um, you're excited to have it. Yeah, not laborious. Not that I have a problem with it. If I didn't, if I wasn't into hunting and fishing, I'd probably be whole hog into that, and I would be making acorn flour and yeah. But um, I, I tend to focus on the the, the bounteous, exceptionally good. Yeah. Things that if you were in a store, you'd be almost tempted to buy them kind of items. Mm. And easy to spot. With mushrooms, I think anytime you're like, is this poisonous or not? You should just not. Yeah. My not brother's try. fairly good. He's, yeah. he's a pretty good mushroom guy. Um, so I've kind of, you know, leached off him a little bit. I went last year for the first time. I joined the LA Mycological Society. That's cool. And, uh, Are you married? Uh, no, I have a girlfriend. Why? After Did you, you meet her there? After you heard that I joined the LA Michelangelo. Well, I was just trying to picture. Like, Are you going to die alone, bro? No, I can picture. You on Tinder, not at the LA Michelangelo. I can picture a shrewd. I can picture a shrewd single person <laughs> joining that society with motives other than mushrooms, <laughs> just to be like, I wonder if. Uh, no, my girlfriend is. A, she's an actress in LA. Okay, she's an LA actress. Will she eat deer meat? She will. I mean, she grew up in Kentucky, so she's, she's a hillbilly. She's a little hillbilly. She's got some of that in her. Um, so she's like, uh, she's totally fine with the hunting. She's fine with the, really, yeah, which is cool, man, because that's hard to find in in a lady in L.A. What's Mo think about her? Mo loves her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> man, Mo is a surgeon now in upstate New York, and he takes all of his fucking money and just goes on these sheep hunts that are like fifteen thousand bucks. No, really? yeah, dude, he's, he's an international sheep hunter. Goes, yeah, he's trying to get that thing. What's it called? Grand like, Slam. The Grand Slam. Man, you know, I'm a I'm a turkey. Your turkey grand slam, super slam, super slam holder, super slam. Yeah, it's better than grand. Whoa, mm. dude! If you were single, that would <laughs> that that fun fact would get you laid so hard. We had a guy sending a picture of a tattoo where he had the country, like he had like America uh-huh. tattooed on his arm. Yeah, and he had little turkey tracks tattooed where he fulfilled his super slam. Okay, and then he had the different feathers tattooed on his arm, and um. 
I like, you know, yeah, as a Jew, you'll appreciate this. I, I'm untattooed. Uh-huh. Okay. And, and I thought <laughs> Jew, about... you'll appreciate this. And I thought about... Uh, I half jokingly, half seriously thought about getting something similar. Really? But did, <laughs> didn't do it. <laughs> the sheep grand slam thing. Yeah. One of the sheep, he said... The, the, there's like a world... Yanni, Yanni usually, he's usually pretty good about this. Tell, tell everybody, Yanni. Well, the yeah, the, well, there's the North American, yeah, which is just four, which is the four sheep that you can kill here. But he, he might be going all over the. He's world. going all over. He was just in like, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, right next to Italy, northeast of Italy, uh, the Mediterranean. Yeah, Spain. No, <laughs> uh, Croatia. Croatia. He was in Croatia to do this. He went to the Alps, and then he went to Alaska. I think he's doing one in Texas. There might be no, some... I don't know what your buddy's up to, but it doesn't have anything to do with Texas. Hold on. Here's the Texas one, and this is what I want to ask you about because this seems ill, not legit to me. The one, Texas doll sheep? One of these sheep is like a, like, it's like an Armenian sheep or some shit, and it's like in Iran, and because it's hard, you can't go to Iran to hunt or it'll, it'll you know, it's hard. Some dude in Texas apparently has these mm-hmm. sheep, and it still counts with the, for the oh, Grand it does? Slam? Like, no. apparently it still counts for the grand Probably slam. Probably through Safari Club it does. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Mo, mm. you're a sellout, bro. It doesn't count. <laughs> no, nah, man, I want to have Mo. No. no, I'm not down on Mo. I like Mo. Mo? I like Mo better than I like you. <laughs> Mo. <laughs> Mo, is, Mo is so jealous that I'm here right now. He's like, you don't even know anything about hunting. You don't even know what a 30-odd six is, man. <laughs> well, it's not like we're like, give us your 10 hunting tips. Uh, dude, I, that, by the but, way. That, you know what? Since Steve asked, come on, give us your top three. Hunting tips. Top three hunting tips? Yeah. Oh, please. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Are you serious? No, I, I would love to hear it. It's a good idea. Top three hunting tips. Okay, here's a fun one. Uh, clear the leaves out of the uh, tree stand before you get in there. Because it'll just rustle the whole it'll time. it'll rustle the whole time. Um, that's a hot tip. That's, not, that's Dan's hot tip. Take your scope cover off. Take the scope cover <laughs> off is number one. Um, and I would say, uh, this isn't really a hot, hot tip, but... Use those organs. I made a pate once out of the heart and the liver, bro. Really? It was so delicious. It was crazy delicious. Um, so you're a technical chef. Pretty, I mean, I pretty, I, I dabble. I dabble, yeah. Um, and also, I, I would say this. Don't be so... Here's, so this is, this is five. Here's count, my, count, yeah, I got bro, a couple more. Brody's insertion. <laughs> Keep going. There's no limit, man. Here's my pet peeve. Here's my pet peeve. So we're, we're moving on from tips into yeah. pet peeves. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to turn into a tip. Because, okay, whenever, whenever... There's no point in life that I get more anxiety than when I have to walk into, like, a gun store or, like, a hunting store or, like, a shooting Just because you're like, oh, I don't have any idea what's in here. I and... just feel like they love to make you feel stupid. Sure. Like if you say the wrong, if you referred to the to the a shell as a bullet or a bullet as a shell, they're like, you, you don't even know what the terminology is. I'm like, yeah, there, there, there's like a. There, I feel like I'd be that way. They're if I all like there. Napoleon Dynamite <laughs> kind of, and I fucking hate it. And I'm like, yo, if you're trying to get people to you know be on your side about hunting or guns or whatever, be nicer. <laughs> be nicer to people who don't know about them and don't assume that everyone knows. What the thirty odd sixes, you know? It's intimidating. Yeah, it's inti- I hate it. I get intimidated I, I walking to... into the Apple Store. Yeah, 
Well, but they're nice to you there. They're nice. They're wearing their shirts like, hey, they're nice, but still intimidating to me. Yeah, but listen, next, uh, I, when when I go into these gun stores and they give me, I, I'm not like rubbing into their face that I know organic chemistry and they don't. <laughs> I'm not like, what's CH4? Methane, you idiot. You don't know anything. But that's the vibe I get at those places, man. So, hot tip. Be nicer to non-gun people. Can I give you a hot tip? Oh, God. (laughs) It's about walking into a gun store. Please. Okay. I have found, I've talked about this before, I have found a strategy in life of dealing um, is to start conversations like that with, I'm just a total dumbass. Right? Yeah. And I think when I used, when I talked about this before, the context was having a plumber come over. I was having a problem with, I couldn't figure something out. Yeah. And the plumber comes over, and instead of being in a swinging dick contest, yeah, okay, so instead of being like, "Well, I almost got it licked," you know, but whoever plumbed this thing, right? Instead of doing that, I think the soldering's off. Yeah, I'm like, you know what, man? I'm just a total dumbass. I try to take it apart. I don't know what I'm looking at. Oh, buddy, let's right. take a look. Yep, it just They're changes like, everything. Yeah, and if you come in, if you go into your local gun store, yeah, and you say. Just starting out, total dumbass. Um, I've been out a few times. I left my concealed carry at home, but you know, <laughs> what can you tell me? No, uh, man, I walk in. See how it I goes. walk in, dick swinging. <laughs> that's that's the I'm problem. Like, then. I call everyone chief. Oh, it's great. <laughs> You're like, where do you keep the good stuff? Hey, chief. How you doing? No, uh, I think you should try that in your local gun store. Yeah, yeah. I think then they will take more of a paternal view. I do find that gun stores in uh, cities are usually, I don't know, they're even meaner than like gun stores like the one in Olean that we go oh, to. Oh, you ever been in John Javino's gun shop? No. That's what? the meanest gun store in the world. It's like a, <laughs> there's a gun store in Manhattan. Oh, it's in Manhattan? Yeah. No, but the one the in police, LA. The police use it to buy like, yeah. they can buy their weapons. You, you can do FFL. Really? FFL transfers. You want to talk about uh, places where they're very mean to you. Yeah. Like, very annoyed that you're in there. I hate it. Mm. Like, you but that's are... different, because that's like, I feel like it's like a, it's kind of like law enforcement v. civilian. Yeah. It's not like a, you know. But even then, though, law enforcement in, you know, uh, Olean or, you know, upstate New York is totally for their civilians having guns. Like, they're fine oh, with Oh, I it. don't mean in that way. I just mean that, like, pros uh-huh. is, like, professionally trained, you know. And these are service, you know, they're dealing mostly in service weapons. And then you yeah. come in and you're like the, you're Elmer Fudd. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> <You know>? right. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's not cute. They, yeah. they don't think it's cute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's not, yeah, it's not like a you shouldn't be allowed to. If anything, right. it's, it's the opposite of that. But it's just, it's condescending. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. But try that approach in gun stores. And also. I will. Um, do you don't, do you live in a place where you can sort of develop a relationship? With some people at your gun store? You know, I don't... Here's the thing. I don't go shooting that much yeah. that I need that, I don't think. Like, I have a... I do have a... I have a handgun at home for uh, personal... For, you know... Uh, but I got a revolver just because I didn't want to have to keep going to the range to exercise the spring on a on a semi-automatic. Wow, you know your stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, man. This will get some trouble in the yeah. gun shop. Yeah. <laughs> this is why he winds up in a showdown whenever he goes into his gun yeah. shop. Um, when I lived in Seattle, there was a, there was a, I did most of my sport, like most of my sporting goods purchases and my firearms transactions from a place called Outdoor Emporium. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy there, Brian, that I liked a lot. And yeah. I would come in and 
like be like, where's Brian? Yeah. And I would text Brian to be like, are you at work? <laughs> Brian's looking at his phone, rolling his eyes. Like, no, oh, it's like fucking hey, are you Steve down again. there? He's like, yeah, I'm here. Like, I got to come down. And I would come down and just like, deal with the guy. Deal with Brian. So funny. They're very, I, liked, I liked Brian. I get it. I get it. They're yeah. very, actually, they're very nice to me at Whitetail, which is the store in Olean, which is the one that Mo goes to because he's the mayor of Olean. <laughs> so I'd walk in there even without him because he'd be and doing you're surgery. you're a little buddy. With yeah. It. I'm like, hey, I'm friends with Dr. Alhumani. And it's hilarious because it's like, it's this like super rednecky gun store. And they're like, oh, you know Dr. Alhumani? Red carpet. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right Red, you mentioned the Arab guy's name and they're like, oh. <laughs> Dr. Humadi did my knee scope. Like, they all know him. <laughs> and then they're probably like, I thought there was something about you and them, but... <laughs> yeah. No, nah, never mind. Yeah, man. Hey, you never know. Uh, Gotta be open-minded. <laughs> Want to ask you a uh, last question. It was something that, that you had mentioned and want to talk about. Uh, maybe you didn't. Um, gun safety. Gun safety. Yeah, so this was... Are you paranoid? You know, I'm very paranoid now. Have and you seen I, any accidental discharges yes, or anything alarming? I, I yeah. was a part of one. You were? Um, and it was... <laughs> you're not going to believe who it was with. I was with Mo. <laughs> 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 and, uh, you know, I always would give him shit for, like... you know, he, He's always like, make sure that everything is out of the chamber and, like, me... I'll, I'll, you know, he's, Does he really sound like that? No, not at all. <laughs> he's a very educated guy. And he's, you know, just, like, always pointing in the right direction and this and that, which is obviously totally normal. But then when I'm, like, trying to load, load my gun, he, like, he didn't have faith in me, you know? So he was trying... He's a, he micromanaged the situation. Yeah. So he had... We were going turkey hunting, which I've never, I've never gotten a turkey. I've gone a couple times. Where do you guys go for that? In his same little his in his plot spot. of land. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but honestly, when we go, it's like ramp season. So the first light comes out and like I see the ramps and I lose my shit. Oh, so you're ramp like, Look at all these ramps. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I th- his hands were on, on, on the shotgun, my hands were on it, and boom, it went off. I don't understand. You're both handling the same? Yep. Because he's instructing you on something. Yeah, and I think I was like, dude, I got it. And it was a little bit of pulling and pushing. And mm-hmm. boom, it went off. And I, it freaked He's me like, out. here's how to do this safely. And you're like, no, it's not. And he's yeah, like, I'm like, yes, I got it. He's like, no, you don't. So it was like a combination of me, uh, not, my ego, and then his distrust of me, you know, together. And it was, it went off. I mean, we were in between it and, you know, it shot in front of us, but. Scary. Very scary. Yeah. Have you I've, ever had I've, that? Oh, I've been witness to. I mean, in all honesty, I've probably been witness in a lifetime of of gunplay. Yeah. Uh, I've probably been witness to in excess of a dozen, oh, counting Jesus. being kids. Ex- yeah. Dude, when we were kids. That's why I like muzzle control. It's like if, you know, we were, I remember walking up my mom, like the steps from my mom and dad's house to the garage and my buddy Brian burrowing in a twenty two shell next to my knee into the grass. Jeez. When we were high schoolers. But, I mean, thankfully, that even though people didn't have good trigger control, they had good muzzle control. I've never, I've never been, uh, I've never seen, I, I've never seen, seen anything that I would even call a close call. Right. Yeah. Which is a test. It's, it's like a two-tiered thing. It's like, it shouldn't go off, but then there's sort of, if it does, what are you doing? And yeah. when I review the times I've seen accidental discharge. Yeah. I look and I'm like, I don't want to say the system. I'm reluctant to say the system worked, but the system worked. Yeah. And that people were 
conscious of what they were, where the muzzle was. Yeah, I mean, what they're doing. All you need to do is combine those two slip ups. So you combine the muzzle control, mm-hmm. you make that mistake, and then the handling mistake. And it's when those two things, like in those in split seconds, and those two things line up, yeah, is when you have trouble. And then, but I can spend days. I might spend days out hunting with a couple friends and reviewing it in my mind. If they're seasoned people, reviewing it in my mind, there was never a moment when had a gun had sort of like God made a gun go off, there was never a moment no. when it would have struck somebody right. because people are being very conscious about what they're doing and where they're pointing. Yeah. So I, it's like, like you know, negligent discharge, accidental discharge, you know, in the Marines, there's, you know, it's like this thing, like there's no such thing as a negligent discharge. Or how's it go? No, there's no such thing as an accidental discharge. It's always a negligent, negligent discharge. Yeah. So it's scary as hell. But I do Absolutely. all think like, you're like, that was close. And I'm like, but thankfully it wasn't close because the right. other components of safety, thankfully, were in place. I'm in no way excusing that happening, but yeah. I've just seen it happen. Yeah. How, no, many t- how many times have you seen it happen? Not that many, but. Not a dozen? No. I don't know. Handful. Yeah. Once I I've stupidly... seen you see it happen. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say for Figure the first, that one out, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Does that mean you did it? No. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I in the beginning, I think it was very hard for me to understand when there was a um, a shell in the chamber, like when if you, if you've cycled everything mm-hmm. out. When and once, like an idiot, I was like, I think I got them all, and I pointed up to shoot the shotgun, and boom! And I was like, Oh no, I didn't. There was one in there. You know, uh, and Mo, Mo lost his shit again, which he should have. But then after that, I took a hunter safety cl- course. I was like, I need to to learn to rein this shit in. I'll tell you a hot tip. Yeah. Um, what if what this is for Mo? The next time you start out a person, Mo, get him a break open gun. Oh, like a, a single shot. Yeah. My little boy, he now has his own four ten. Yeah. He's nine. I'm gonna pretend like I know what a four ten is, but yeah. So it's like the smallest uh, shotgun. Okay, got it. So. I'll tell you a couple of little tips tips here. You know gauges, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, a 12-gauge. Yes. We've covered this extensively. But I we'll touch on it. Do you know what a 12-gauge is? I, I do, yes. You yes. do? Yes. I, I, I keep learning, and then I sort of forget, but I kind of know. Phil? You're asking for my if I know what a 12-gauge is? I just want someone to say no so I can tell it, because I like telling it Okay, so tell much. it. No, yeah, no, I, no, I don't. A uh, 12-gauge, <laughs> you take that diameter, the, the, the barrel diameter, mm-hmm. 12 lead spheres that size make up a pound. 12 lead spheres that... Is a 12 gauge. Okay, got a it. A 20 gauge, it takes 10 lead spheres that size to make a pound. Okay. A 410... 20. 20. Sorry, 20. 20, yeah. I, a 410 is the only... is A 410 is an exception to this, to the gauge system. Okay. So it'd be like, you know, there's 28, not common, but there are 28, 28 gauge, 16 gauge... 12 gauge. When you buy shrimp from a grocery store, they measure it the same way too. In gauges? Well, it's how many, how, oh, how, count. many, how many shrimp, yeah, shrimp count. They're in like a bag. Yeah. So, you know. Um, yeah, great. <laughs> Smaller the number, the bigger the shrimp. There you go. Uh, a 410 is like 0. 0.410 of an inch diameter shotgun. Got it. Okay. Uh, if someone were to say to you, I'm going to get a 50 gauge shotgun and shoot you, that's a very small shotgun. Right, right, right. That would be a BB gun. Yeah. Um, we should get Mo on the phone and ask him why he didn't give me that gun. But well, just 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 a hot safety tip for listeners. Yeah, I bought my 
nine-year-old a 410 that just breaks open. Mm. There's no like wondering what's going on. Oh, it's perfect. When he approaches people, I'm like, open that thing up. Click. It's open like anyone can see what's happening. When you open it and look, there's no way to be confused about whether this thing's loaded, yeah. not loaded. Is there still one in there? It just is a great way to start people out. Yeah. Now, mine there's was, a button you hit and it hinges open and it's for the whole world to see what is happening inside that shotgun. <laughs> perfect. Like, yeah. It's, perfect. It's, That's why it I like alleviates over, I like a lot of stress. Even, even when I've given him like a little bolt action 22 of the magazine in it. Yeah. I'm very paranoid about like what he's doing and he, you know, like. He opens it and closes it. I'm like, whoa, stop. What are you doing? And I need to look. Did he like inadvertently rack one? You know, it's funny. As someone who didn't grow up hunting, I, 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 I'm I, a little like like kids and guns. It still, I think, gives me a little bit of uh, heebie-jeebies. Mm-hmm. Oh, it should. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I was just shooting with my oldest this weekend, and it's nerve-wracking. Yeah. How old is he? Or she? She's nine. Uh-huh. Sorry, eight. Eight. Yeah. I tell my kid, I say like very like explicitly, I tell him like, you can mess up with that and kill your brother. Yeah. Wow. You, you break it down like that. <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah. I try to make it like, like the gravity of what we're, I don't want there to be any confusion about what we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, that's, you should. Good. Yeah. It's like, we don't. How old are, how old are like, kids? Someone could get hurt. Five, seven, and nine. Five, seven, and nine. Yeah, you just paint a picture, huh? You're just like, you're going to bury your brother. To be honest with you, it's like it's not like as okay. impactful as you might imagine okay. <laughs> when I do say this, but I do like to I do like to He's just like rolling his eyes like, like ah, is, is that a bad thing? <laughs> he's like, hmm. he's pretty annoying. <laughs> yeah, I'm but now I've become a hunter safety Nazi. I'm like crazy about it. It's good. Yeah. Which is the way you should be. I'm glad to have uh, I'm glad to have you in the um, brotherhood and sisterhood. Yeah, it's what's good. a good way to put that, Corinne? The family, the yeah, family, yeah, the family. family. It's good to be in the family, and it's good to be in the family uh, and have a conversation with the with the guy that that you had a, you had a big deal with me staying in. It's really great to have Mo in the family. Mo is, <laughs> <laughs> you know, fuck Mo, man. This is about me. <laughs> Mo's, Mo's killing a fake sheep so he could get a fake title. <laughs> and you're just a hard-working meat hunter. Yeah. He's living in Olean. It's easy for him. I'm in West Hollywood, man. I'm in the trenches. So uh, run, down, run down for folks. Like, What's, what's the best way? Like, how do people go take you in? Yeah, so your Instagram is Stand Up Dan at Stand Up Dan. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's no one can spell Dan a dude. So I was like, I need to, I need to shore this up. So Instagram at Stand Up Dan. Twitter's Stand Up Dan as well. Are you active on Twitter? I'm pretty active on. You Twitter. don't engage. Do you, do you do you engage in like Twitter outrage about someone's tweet? No, dude, I stay out of that. Okay, good. That to me is more as a comedian. I'm like <laughs> seeing like like comedians, you know, don't host shows now because. They wrote a tweet 20 years ago, and they bring it back. I'm like, my Twitter is pretty anemic, um, which again is a bummer that it has to. Yeah, because like you got to control your impulse to make like it. You're like, yeah. oh, is that funny? I'll just put it up. And then in decades from now, I'll lose a job. <laughs> yeah, remember when Dan said that? <laughs> well, again, testament to why Rogan has paved such a great, you know, path for himself because he doesn't. It doesn't matter to him because he's self-generated. Yeah. So he doesn't have to and, worry about that. Yeah, and he. Um, he gives 
all sides of everything a voice. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Are also articulates all sides of everything in a way that makes everyone look like a jackass. Right. And so it's just, it gives <laughs> no, you license. I love him because he's just like, he's like so curious. Yeah. He's so curious. But I think sometimes he can just be convinced of anything. Like, I, I feel like a flat earther can come on there and he'd be like, really? Huh? Yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll look into that. Too open-minded. A little bit too open-minded. <laughs> but, I, I, but I think it's more, it's probably just his style of interview, which it gets people comfortable to open up. Um, but yeah, and then my food podcast, my new, uh, it's the number one food podcast in America right now. Uh, it's called Green Eggs and Dan. And um, you can get How that long is anywhere that? you get podcasts. Uh, it's an hour long. Um, so if people like exhausted the library of this show, yeah, head to head to Green Eggs yeah. and Dan, check you know, it out. They really like had just listened, like honest to God, listened to every episode. Yeah, and twice. <laughs> <laughs> they might go find Green Eggs and Dan. Yeah, yeah, and they find it anywhere. All the you know, all the places. Yeah, all, all the places. Stuff. Yeah, and your new brand new Spickety TV show. Oh yeah, um, on Netflix, Parent Network. We'll see you at the Netflix party, Steve. Um, when uh, when will it air? <laughs> it's gonna be airing uh, sometime in the fall. They wanted to like uh, correspond with NASCAR dates. Oh, well, they do. I saw the I saw huh. my first NASCAR race ever last week, and it was intense. There was like a crazy car crash. Someone almost died. Oh, I um, heard about that. Yeah, but are you uh, still filming? Yeah, we are. This is our hiatus week, and everyone's like, "What are you doing on hiatus? Are you relaxing?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm going to Bozeman, Montana, baby. Sweet, getting my Bozeman on." <laughs> Um and uh, yeah, but Green Eggs and uh, but uh, it's called the Crew. It's it's uh, Kevin James is uh, is the lead of that one. So it's gonna be a great show. It's very funny, and I think uh, I think your listeners will love it. I'm gonna watch. Yeah, you should. Uh, are they dis- uh, Would they be happy that you're plugging the show? I think so. Okay, I'm telling you, man. It's NAS- It's a NASCAR show. No, no, not our listeners. I mean, mean, the people, you know, the, whatever. The Netflix people, yeah. yeah. Is it good that you're out doing this? I think that you think that hunters probably are more of a scarlet letter than they are. Oh, no, I do not. What are you talking about? To entertain. I don't mean that. What did you mean? Sorry, then. Like, um, you know, there's always like embargoes and you can't talk about shows. You, oh. know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, shit. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope like, not. You can't, you can't like give away details. You know, like, you know like, there's like a certain level of thing where everybody just gets all secrety. We yeah. always have people coming on here being all secrety about stuff. And I'm like, why in the world is he being secrety about this? No, I'm not. I think I should probably be more secrety. Like, I'm going skiing tomorrow at Big Sky. I probably shouldn't be doing that since we're filming. But, you know, how often am I going to be in Bozeman? Yeah. Um, Do you got a friend up there? No, I'm just going myself. Really? Yeah. Hell yeah. It's great, man. Out in the open. You're just going to drive on up and go skiing. Hell yeah. True outdoorsman. Yeah. No skiing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I love it. This is exciting. You, you spend like weeks alone out in the woods. No, and this is, I'm this always is, with a whole crew of this people, This is what man. gets you. <laughs> no, I'm just surprised that you don't have like a, I don't know. Like an acting buddy or something who's up there. No. Mo's yeah. back in New York. Mo's back in New York. <laughs> Mo couldn't make it. Mo wanted to come so badly. Uh, no, Mo couldn't make it. Uh, no, I'm just going to go by myself, and then I have to go back. Uh, I'm I'm pitching a show to HBO on Friday, and then back to New York on Ooh, Saturday. Jeez, man, that's great. Yeah, man. Trying to, try to get this hustle How do on. people watch some of your stand-up? <sighs> just Google uh, my name, Dan Adute. Uh, you can A-H-D-O-O-T. And weird fun fact, if you have a kid who is somewhere between the ages of 10 and I'd say 19, uh, I was on a Disney show that they are obsessed with. 
Oh, tell me more. Kicking it. And I played. <laughs> you were a child actor? No, I wasn't a child, bro. This was like eight years ago. <laughs> uh, but so you were a pervert. It was the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if any kids are listening, I'm the guy. No, it was, uh, I played a, it was a super racist uh, role. I played a character named Falafel Phil. Oh, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yikes. Yeah, yikes. Uh, this was pretty woke. Because you're like a, you're like an ethnic looking dude. Oh and... yeah, I was like, hell, who wants to have some falafel? Let's go meet me at the restaurant. Oh really? Yeah, it's fucked up. But kids loved it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So yeah. the people find your act on YouTube or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The Laugh Factory uh, posts a lot of of great stand up. What's the there. best thing? Um, what's the best bit? Yeah, like you factor in like you know. Tell whatever. us a joke. Uh, yeah, tell us. Tell us <laughs> one of the, okay, just tell us the main. Tell us your best joke. No, no I'm uh, not doing this, bro. What's uh? But good. no, if someone wants to go look at if they're like the one thing they're gonna do, they're like, okay, I'm gonna check out something this guy did. Uh, I think you'd probably enjoy my material about uh, spin class, going to the gyms. So if they type in Dan, Dan a dude spin class, spin class, yeah, they'll get a good taste. You'll get a hoot. From Dan Adute. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when people were dogging, last, this is the last question. Yeah. When you were a kid and people were dogging on you, what did they do with your last name? Dan Adouche. <laughs> oh, that's there you go. That's a good one. Uh, no, there was a... I was, I, I'm impervious. There's nothing you can do, Ranella. You can Ranella. do like, hey, Ranella, he's our fella. He's a, There's uh, really nothing you can do. Ranella. Uh, oh, Ranella... Uh, Smella. Uh, no. Salmonella. <laughs> You're gross like Salmonella. That's good. Yeah, I don't think I hung out with people that really knew about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just want to throw in a plug for Bajillion Dollar Properties again. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I think you can watch the whole the whole show on Pluto. I forgot to plug Bajillion Dollar Properties. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can watch the whole thing on Pluto or on Amazon. But you were bald. I was. I shaved my head. I shaved my head. I did not get hair plugs. Everyone thinks I got plugs. I just let this shit grow, man. So I you could have had hair the whole time, but the shaved The whole it. time. I swear, I graduated college. I thought I was going bald. I started taking Propecia, and I was like, I'm just going to shave my head because I don't want to deal with, you know, you know, being the guy going bald. Yeah. And then I went through a, a breakup, and I just, like, turned into a This is like, four years ago. I went through a breakup, and I turned into, like, this mess. just didn't get my hair cut, and it started growing out, and I was and like, it came, it came oh, back thick. This looks kind of good, actually. <laughs> came back thicker and everything. Yeah. Show me what you got going on, Brody. I got nothing going on. Check this out. This is what I'm looking forward to having. Yeah. I, I can't wait. I love it. Just get, just, it, you're just. You've got a firm head of hair. I feel like. You know, it gets thinner. How old are you it now? It gets thinner up top. 46, just turned 46. Yeah, if you're 46, you got that hair, you're good. I, I think Because it gets good. thinner up top, and when it happens, I'm going to look just like Brody. Yeah, Brody looks good on you. Me and Brody are Some both people... going to look like Apocalypse now. <laughs> yeah. Some people don't look good with a shaved head. Brody looks good with a shaved head. I don't that. think Yanni, Yanni would look good with a shaved head. Because mm-hmm. you have like a... Well, his like old man still rec- has a bunch of hair, so yeah. he's good. You've got like a rectangular... You need I, like a round face for it. You I got, run it shaved all summer. Really? Yeah, well, yeah not, but, not it, like it, but it alludes to hair. Because <laughs> it's not, it's not right. like shiny. You I've got look, so much hair. I've got to cut it yeah, all. Yeah, you don't yeah. look like Telly Savalas. Or yeah, something. yeah. No you, one knows the hell. I got man. That's a horrible reference. Telly Savalas. I know who you're talking. Telly Savalas is a good bald reference. Oh, okay, that yeah. still works. I think that still works. Oh, okay, I'll give that to you. All right, Dan, a dude. Spin class. 
<laughs> That's the takeaway from the whole episode. And if you're in uh, upstate New York and you need to have your knees scoped, <laughs> you can go to Mo. Gotta go to Mo's. Uh, yeah, Dr. Mohanad El Humadi. You can look him up. <laughs> yeah, no need to tell people how to spell that. Yeah, uh, just Google Arab doctor upstate New York. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks a lot for coming. Thanks on. so much for having me. This has really been an honor. Hey, I'm excited to share our newest sponsor here on the Meat Eater Podcast, which is Poncho Outdoors. The reason I'm excited is I buy their shirts anyways. Dude, they make some good shirts. And they even have an option where if you're like a skinny dude, you can click like the skinny dude thing. It's great. Based in Austin, Texas, Poncho is committed to crafting the world's best outdoor shirts for men. Poncho is only sold on their own website. So head over to ponchooutdoors.com, use code MEATEATER for a free hat or t-shirt with any purchase of a shirt. Poncho offers free shipping and returns, so you can try them out risk-free. Hey, if you follow wildlife news at all, you're probably aware that the island of Maui has an incredible abundance of Axis deer, so much so that they're causing ecological damage. Well, Maui Nui venison is thinning out some of those Axis deer herds and delivering venison sticks and fresh cuts to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I Venison.com. Use promo code MEATEATER for 20% off your order.